All right, go, go. In five, four, three. That's tomorrow, and that is it. Again, five, four, three. Okay. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I can, I'll write it, and we'll do it live. Right. Fucking thing sucks. In five, four, three. Alright, what's up people? We're back with another episode this week. This week we have a guest on. What is up, Richard? What's up, guys? Yo! We can right. hear you. Alright. I apologize for all the all the boomerisms. I'm a homeowner, so it, it turned me about 50 years old. So <laughs> That's okay. All right. So, last thing we heard you saying was you had to, like, uh, update the insurance you had to like clear out the shag carpet put in some like flooring was there any other type of like large improvements or anything that you had to make to the house um i'm trying to think um that was mostly it um yeah flooring a whole new room a lot of sheetrock work my mother-in-law is actually really really good at sheetrock and uh, she came over and helped us with it for free so uh oh. like we, we we hung the sheetrock and everything and then um she helped do a lot of patching because she had bought a fixer-upper years ago and um, has worked on that kind of stuff for years. So she's really good at it. And she, I mean, she's slow and like meticulous, but you know, she's she's very good at it. And I was like, shit, if you're gonna do it for free, that's one less thing I gotta do. So I'll put up with an unfinished drywall for a few months while you come down and and do it. Yeah. Um, See, I mean, I have people in my family that are like construction workers and stuff, but I don't have anybody that's like reliable. Like, I wouldn't trust any of them. Plus, I don't know what the fuck they wouldn't do it for free. They're not those type of people. Honestly, um, paying someone to do it is the way to go. Like, I had friends and family help, um, mm -hmm. and they're like, "Yeah, I'd love to do this kind of stuff. Let me do it for free. Just pay for me to get there." And it's cool, but like, it just uh, when you're paying someone, it removes any um, uncertainty from it. Like you are yeah. striking a business deal. Hey, I'm paying you for this. I'm, you know, there's, there's, uh, everything's cut and dry that way. Um, and it's, it's fun to cut in favors, call in favors from friends and stuff, and help each other out. And that's, I think you should do that. But every now and then, you still things aren't clear, or, or you feel like. Uh, Especially if somebody sucks, you know, that would be the worst part. If like right. she wasn't good at, it, then it would be like, oh, thanks, thanks, you just fucked up the entire drywall. <laughs> right, right, yeah. So it, it it makes it easier when there's a better understanding. But uh, everything went fairly smoothly. There's a few things here and there that I, I wish we could do differently, but they can easily be fixed. I mean, I'm planning on living here for several years still. So you know. Yeah. It, it all worked out. It, you got to come over sometime. It looks it looks a lot nicer. So, yeah, I'm down. And whenever I actually do buy a place, we'll have to do this in person, so there won't be like technical issues, and we can uh, <laughs> get some cigars, get some fucking uh, like McGregor's whiskey or whatever. Oh yeah, some of that proper twelve. I haven't I haven't had okay. had that in a little while. Not gonna lie, I've actually I've actually been sober for several weeks now. You told me you told me you're trying to do like what a hundred days or something. I'm working on it. I'm almost halfway there. I think uh, tomorrow makes fifty. So I couldn't have done. I couldn't have done it, especially during like the springtime and like the McGuire's run stuff like that. I couldn't imagine oh, being sober bro. for all that shit. Bro, being 
being in Maguire's on St. Pat's sober sucked. <laughs> oh, you went? You I went. went dude, it's it's my favorite fucking holiday, dude, because I love to drink, and I I just a few a few circumstances happened. Me and my wife made an agreement. I would go 100 days not drinking. Um, and uh, oh man, it sucked. It was torture. I got the fuck so, out of there. I was going to stay late, and I just left. <laughs> <laughs> so last little personal questions. How is it, like, preparing to be a dad? Um, I don't know what I'm doing at all. So I'm... Okay. Uh, so the, I go to a church, and there's a lot of people my age that have kids and are new mm-hmm. parents and stuff. So it's kind of cool because they're, like, I do stuff with them, like, like Connor, the guy we worked with, Connor Dre, he goes there. He's got yeah. three kids now, um, and so Feels it's like, like I can, I can get advice felt from like him. He had like way, way more kids than three. It felt like he had like the, the fucking uh, Wolf Rivers type of six or some shit. He's trying to. <laughs> that's that's his goal. I know when when we worked with him, he only had two. His youngest was like six months old, and now his youngest, uh, he's got a third one, and he's like eleven months. That's fucking wild. So, I couldn't imagine having like, I, I if I have kids, it's going to be like one or two. I couldn't imagine having any more than that. My brother has three, and it seems like a nightmare. Oh man, yeah, we we're planning on two. Three is possible, but three is the absolute most. Um, Rachel's reasoning is that the middle kid gets ignored, so we only want two. <laughs> um. <laughs> I but like I'll I'll joke, but I'm being dead serious. I'm I'll be like, yeah, I'm I'm straight up watching Andy Griffith to learn how to be a dad. <laughs> like I'm not even kidding, bro. I'm like, all right, this is what he did with Opie. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong with the male child thing. My dad's like a male child, and you can definitely tell. Like the first one got a lot of attention. They didn't like him, so they had another one, and then they had another one to finally get like the favorite out of the group. Yeah, um, I got three brothers, and so I, you might have met my younger brother Ryan. He, he lived mm-hmm. in Pensacola for a little while. Um, him and uh, I have another brother. Both of them are the middle. And when Ryan was just the middle one, he got ignored. And then my other, my third brother Robert, he's he's by far the quintessential forgotten middle child. I feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> when did uh, Ryan move away? We went to McGuire's a couple times with him. Yeah, I know. It was um, just a few months ago, so he moved back to North Carolina. Uh, wow. he's, he's living there. He's actually getting married pretty soon. Um, nice. He's He's got a job in the state legislature um, working yeah. in the in the state house. Uh, did he go fucking poli-sci route, or what did he do in college? Yeah, he, he, um, he was actually education, so I think he was math and english either math and english or english and history um i think english and history ed he wanted to get into law school afterwards they always do yeah and he still does um and right now he and he just kind of enjoys that work uh he works as a legislative assistant uh our dad actually has been a senate uh la for about 12 years now um I so, know I dressed his girlfriend for a while. She was working as a uh, an assistant to somebody in the center, some type of political shit like that as well. And I know it sounds like a pretty easy, relaxed job. Oh, yeah, we've talked about that before. 
Was it with Gates? Uh, no, it was with some... Roxon? No, some female. I think it was like a congressman or some type of shit. I don't, I don't remember the exact of it. But it was okay. like some some lady that she... Uh, I think she's done it multiple times as well. So I think there was okay. like different people. But coming from like a... Uh, her uncle was like a senator for a long time. Or a congressman for a long time. So they kind of have like connections with a lot of the people. So it's a lot easier for her to kind of get in the door there. Because that's the hard part is just getting into the fucking door. Yeah, it, it, it's all kind of a... It's not all nepotism, but it is very much connection based. <laughs> yeah, you know, You're like not it did. It, it. It, it helped nep- a ton having my dad work there for years because everybody knew him. So, mm-hmm. you know, my brother was able to land that job. I think he also, I think my dad also knew the guy he's working for, or my I think my brother knew him like professionally before he worked for him. So that helped him out a lot, which was pretty cool for him. The guy was uh, a this was his first term. He was brand new mm-hmm. uh, congressman, state congressman, state rep, and uh, my brother's fresh out of college, and he was his first choice. So I was like, "Hey, dude, go for it." He's like talking to me. He's like, "Yeah, but I got to move out of Pensacola, move out of the house, blah blah blah." I'm like, "Yeah, I know. Right. Like, I'll miss you, but bro, like that's that's the job you've wanted. So go get it. You know?" Yeah, absolutely. I mean, good for him. Have you uh, been keeping up with the UFC? Oh, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Did you watch the John Jones fucking beatdown? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> that shit that was fight, so good. That, that was really cool. I kind of expected it to go that way, but I did not think it would be that quick. I thought I thought Gon would... Gon's a very athletic fighter. He's, he's very skilled, but I knew he wasn't going to win. I just thought he would at least last a couple rounds. You know, I thought his athleticism and his stand-up game would carry him somewhat. Mm-hmm. I was not prepared for John to be that skillful at heavyweight. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I I thought the same thing. I actually lost $10 because I was like, I know John Jones is going to win, but I thought if he was going to lose to him, I was like, he's going to get knocked out in like the second round or something. So I put $10 for him to get knocked out oh, man. and lost it immediately. Really? Because John, John has a chin and he, and he can... He, he can take punches and kicks very well he knows how to move yeah but his like biggest problems with like uh the like previous fights was once he was going against giant people anybody really large was kind of like an issue with him just because he like typically doesn't like to go to the ground just to show off more who john i mean he can wrestle pretty good i I know his what was his I guess what his worst fight, his his closest fight, maybe was, would it have been uh, Gustafsson two, or one? Uh, no, one it of those was fights. Gustafsson the first one because the first one he yeah. was like uh, doing cocaine a lot before the fight and didn't train. <laughs> Gustafsson was fighting very well that fight. I mean, I I don't, I don't I wouldn't say he won, but he came close. You can make the argument. Oh yeah, that he, one was close and then the uh, reyes was another one that was like semi-close the first one at least uh, yeah it was I, I i don't remember that one that much i just remember the gustafson fight he he defended so many takedowns from him from john yeah and he took john down like three times i think 
I don't know if it was three times. I know that was the first time in his career he had been taken down, yeah. which was He's gotten crazy. one or two, like, later in the fight. I got to watch it again, because that was such a good fight. Like, mm-hmm. damn. But I'm glad <laughs> he's back, you know. Like, it, it feels like the old UFC that you grew up on, you know, because he was, he was getting started back then, you know, 10 years ago. And even before that, oh, I guess 10 years ago, he was whooping everyone's ass. But, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it's, I, it it's brings back nostalgia. It's crazy the longevity of him. Like, if you go all the way back to him beating up, like, uh, uh, Machida and stuff like that, like, that feels so fucking long ago. Oh, how about the girls' fight before that fight, the women's fight, Shevchenko and Grasso? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was really surprised about that one. I thought uh, Shevchenko was going to, like, run over that bitch. She's been running through the, the division until then. Valentina is my girl. I was I was heartbroken, man. <laughs> I I was first wondering like how did you get that takedown? Oh, well, how did you get on her back so quickly? She's like a little spider monkey, dude. She she got on her so quick. Like Valentina went for the for the kick when she was mm-hmm. closer than she thought she was, right on the wall. But even so, like I think that was a mistake and she probably realized it. I think she kind of just misjudged her distance. She was probably just really tired. But I I got to watch again because Grosso got on her back so quick. I could not believe it. Yeah. And it was just over like that. And I, that's got to be one of those where it's like in training camp, like they have to practice that, I'm assuming. Like any type of major mistake like that, like a blunder, they're like immediately take that person down. Oh, sure. Yeah. I, I don't think it was luck at all. That's something you've, that's a split second scenario that even if it was luck, she knew what to do. So she obviously had a great level of preparation there. I mean, that yeah. and the the fight last year between it was the first uh no it was, it was the first or second fight when um Juliana Pena beat um uh Linus what's her name um uh, I'm not, not I'm terrible with names you're asking the wrong Pena wrong versus man Nunez. Uh, no, Nunez yeah uh, yeah 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 when she beat her that Were was you... another one or I couldn't believe that was crazy upset. Well, yeah, especially the betting odds on that one. I think she was like uh, plus eight hundred, some type of shit, to maybe even more to actually win that fight. Yeah. Were you ever at the house when that one happened? Like, were you ever? I don't ever think at I was over. House? I don't think I was up for that one. I was. I was there when Connor broke his leg, and me and Justice yeah. was crying about it the whole time. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I was there. Um, the, oh, do you remember the Volkanovski Ortega fight? Yeah, I, I was there for that one. one. I was there for Diaz versus Leon Edwards. That was a fun one. Yeah. Um, but dude, that's Vol- some good ones. I haven't been keeping it up as much, but yeah. That Volk, that Volkanovski Ortega fight was the fight of the year for me. That was that was an amazing fight. He Ortega had him twice, and Volk was just turning purple, and he somehow slipped out of the. Out of a couple, I think he had a guillotine and a rear naked uh, that he escaped both of them. Volkanovski's becoming one of my favorite fighters. That dude is a dog. I think he won that fight versus yeah, Islam, uh, that last fight, because he was actually mm-hmm. fighting. Now, if we're talking points and UFC rules, I guess Islam wins. Plus, he's the you know he's the champ. But like, yeah, I, I had it on points for uh, Islam on that one, but he he's so good. He's like he's more. Um, what is the word for it? If you want to like fight, you would kind of 
view yourself as him more than like Islam. Like Islam and them are just fucking like genetic freaks that know how yeah. to wrestle better than everybody else in the world. If if you see that fight happening out in the wild and not in a UFC cage, you're gonna say ten out of ten times that Volkanovski won because he was sitting on top of him just wailing on him while while Islam was wrapping his arms around his waist. You know, it looked like a little cartoon. Yeah. You just see Volkanovski smashing his head like with a hammer fist, yelling at the ref to stand him up. And it's like, sure, technically Islam has the takedown, but like, come on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Islam looked like hamburger after that fight, man. He was he couldn't believe it. Especially at the end, the la- the end of the fifth round, like Islam was like, "Oh shit, I'm dead, I'm dead." Please, like, in this fight. <laughs> yeah. hey, there's been some good ones. I mean, uh, do you think Connor's going to come back in the- anytime soon? Yeah, he'll be back at the end of the summer. the The only, honestly, the biggest hurdle for him is Usada. Um, if he can True. get into the testing pool, and he doesn't get screwed by that, then he'll be okay because he's clearly on. Uh, some kind oh, of steroid. Yeah. I mean, and yeah, I'm not gonna blame him for it. Up. Like he had to look at that leg break he had. Like for for your bone structure to grow back stronger than it was, you're gonna, you know, in a decent amount of time, you're gonna have to juice a little bit with something. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I hope he comes back at some point. I don't ever see him kind of coming back to be the champion at this point, especially in the weight class he's at. I think it was just so much better at the lower weight class. Yeah, so here's here's the thing, and I'm trying not to be a fanboy here because like I grew up loving Connor. Like he's he's the one who got me back into the sport, uh, like in like the way that I am now. Um, and I I hope he does come back and com- contend. I think it hinges on him getting the fight to happen, which I think it will. It's it doesn't have a date, but him versus uh Chandler, they've already finished mm-hmm. the Ultimate Fighter. So once the season is over, that should be at the end of August. So the the official UFC statement was at the end of the season, we're going to have these guys fight. So mathematically, that'll be the end of August, early September. Yeah. Um, but he he has to be six months clean uh, with USADA before he can fight. And, th- and that's upon him entering the pool. And so far, I have not heard of him entering the testing pool. So... um. What is today? So, this, this is April almost. So he's, he's yeah. he wouldn't be able to fight till October. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I haven't heard anything about him getting back to the testing pool either. I hadn't really heard much information go on with Ultimate Fire, but you know, you don't really. I don't keep up enough to know anything until like the actual episodes come out. Sure, I, I'll watch it. You know, um, there's been a few that I've been invested in. This is one of them, and. Your point on him contending, I think it's possible, uh, even at welterweight. I think it is possible, depending on who's healthy and who's fighting. I think if he were to whoop Chandler's ass and get a good title, not not even a title shot, but like a good fight shot after that, um, then he's got what? a good chance at the title. They could give him a title shot after that at at either lightweight or welterweight. I I could see them giving him the Islam fight at lightweight just because they want to see the world explode and want those pay-per-views. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing is if he wins two fights or so or maybe even one fight, they'll give him high, high opportunities just because of how much, like, pay-per-view will sell. Yeah. But I, I kind of view him in the same light as, like, a Masvidal at this point. Like, I just don't see him <laughs> as, like, tile contenders. 
Yeah, that's that's a great analogy. I mean, uh, a year ago, right before the Colby fight, Masvidal could call just about any shot he wanted to, um, just because he was still riding the hype of you know the BMF belt plus the Askren KO. Yeah. And I still, man, I'm excited to see him fight Masvidal. Um, he's fighting. Um, he's, he's got one lined up. Yeah. yeah. Oh shit! I was just looking at it. He's fighting. Oh, Burns. That's going to be a oh, great okay. matchup. That's honestly one of the perfect matchups you could do for Masvidal because Burns doesn't like to wrestle. Masvidal isn't normally a wrestler, but he, he can hold his own a little bit, and he it's going to be a stand up fight. Yeah, true. I think Masvidal does have one last one in the tank, at least. Um, yeah, no, no, no. I see Masvidal going for a while, which I know he's kind of nearing towards the end of his course, especially fighting. He's, he's, what? 30, he's 38, 39, 38 or 39. He has <laughs> that cowboy trajectory, though, of just like fighting until oh, he's yeah. basically fucking dead. Yeah, I, I was. Did you see him on Joe Rogan a couple weeks ago or last week? I think I listened to like half of it. I don't think I finished the entire episode. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, and he was talking about retirement, how basically I'm going to retire when I'm still decent, not when I'm, you know, just getting starched out there in the in the cage. Mm-hmm. He's like, when when I when I can tell in training that I'm slower and that guys I would, you know, destroy a year ago are catching up to me. He's like, that's when I'm done. Yeah, and that's cool. Yeah, yeah. You know, you, you'd rather see a fighter put the gloves down in the octagon, but you know, you don't you don't want to see him go out like uh, like Nick Diaz or somebody. Or even you know? go out like uh, Aaronson Silva. That one's kind of sad once it gets to the end when they're just throwing yeah. against like uh, Asanya just as a uh, and giggles. Yeah, and 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 then when they you know he needs money and they roll him out against Jake Paul, you know it's like <laughs> stop yeah. this. Like I. <laughs> I, I go to. Uh, I have a lot of Brazilian people that go to my church, and they they love Silva. You know, they'll talk about it, and they were not happy to see that Jake Paul fight, and it was just like it's kind of disgraceful, man. He's like, he's fifty. You know, of course he's not going to beat Jake <laughs> Paul. Like Jake Paul is actually a good boxer. You know, and yeah. You know, five years ago, Anderson wipes the floor with him, especially oh, yeah. If, yeah, especially absolutely. if it's kickboxing. Oh, good lord, like. <laughs> Or you would think the advantage that I would think he would have is like I can't, I can't imagine that like the like testing for drugs and stuff or PEDs is not that strict with like the Jake Paul fights. So you would think you would be able to get all roided up and just absolutely destroy him. You think you talking about Anderson getting getting juiced up? Yeah, yeah. You would think uh, Anderson would be able to get juiced up for that fight. Well, I then then so would Jake. <laughs> and Jake's that Jake's a young guy. Um Yeah. And there's there's no way Anderson trains for the standout game. There's no way he's boxing the way the way Jake does in the gym. Because Anderson, I'm sure he probably teaches jujitsu or whatever he does, you know, because that, that was his best quality, yeah. even though he was amazing on his feet. His jujitsu was and wrestling were next level too. Um, yeah, and honestly, yeah, growing absolutely. up, I wasn't even a the biggest Anderson fan. I think just because all my friends were, and he mm-hmm. was just whooping everybody. I was just tired of it. And I remember, I remember distinctly that first Chael fight. I, I love Chael. I still do. <laughs> and Chael was thumping him the whole fight. I mean, he. I don't know if you remember this. He's he's laying on top of him, just smacking his ears. <laughs> it, it's like, been so long since I've watched the fight. Oh man, you got to go back and watch it because because uh, Chael is. He's owning Anderson the whole time. Like Anderson had nothing, and then 
right at the very end of the fight, he just triangle chokes Chael and yeah, makes him tap. It was <laughs> it was an amazing triangle, and I was I was little sixth grade me was devastated. Now, was that the first fight or the second fight? Because I thought uh, first. I thought Anderson got like caught with just like one random punch that kind of slipped through and knocked him out in one of the uh, one of the fights between them. I don't remember that. I do remember the second fight. Anderson made quicker work of him. I think he got him in like the first or second. I think the second mm-hmm. round he submitted him because mm-hmm. Chael Chael did a similar approach. He just went ham on him and was just. A lot of ground and pound, a lot of wrestling, and he—I mean—he came out the gate strong. And Anderson, I think, just turned his intensity up more so than he did the first fight, and just was like, "Yeah, I'm not playing around with you this time." And I think he triangle, <laughs> triangle choked him. I gotta, I gotta watch. That's back when, like, I was getting into the UFC. I was a big fan growing up of like Rampage and that oh, whole yeah. era of the UFC. <laughs> back when it was just like, I just wanted to see a boxer hit the shit out of people. That was really. <laughs> All yeah, what you'd be you'd be laying unconscious in a pool of your own blood, and the dude's still wailing on him, and the ref doesn't stop the fight until he's like <laughs> dead. <laughs> oh yeah, that have was. You, have you ever watched like uh, his fights from Pride? Uh, whose fights? Rampage. Uh, Rampage. Yeah. No, I I haven't seen a ton of Rampage. I gotta. I mean, I've seen some of them. He's a legend, oh. but I haven't seen this Pride stuff. Dude, you need to go back and watch some of those fights because, like, during the Pride era, they had crazy rules where, like, um, soccer kicks were allowed. So <laughs> there's some crazy fucking fights where it's like, uh, what's the Croatian dude? The guy that used to be, like, a uh, Special Forces Pro Cop? Mirko Pro Cop. Yeah, he has some crazy fucking kicks when you can kick people in the head on the ground. Well, and... you know who was the best of that shit? Who? Dogen Hua. Oh, true. He, he, really he train he, he he. There's a lot of videos of him in his in like his gym training that shit still. That's fucking wild. Oh, this is uh. I don't think we actually ever do. So this is the producer for the podcast, Squogs. You. What's up, Quags. man? This yeah, is John is horrible at introductions. I am too. So. <laughs> so am I. So it all it's just a circle of fuckery. Yeah. I think that's a that's a that's a dude thing though. Like uh, guys will just meet and then they'll be like best friends and share a beer, and their wives are like, "Oh, who's your friend?" And they're like, oh, "I don't fucking know." Because <laughs> I think there's a level of like a uh, uh, potential like social like uh, like commitment at that point where you're like, I might have to hang out with this person again if I fucking learn their name or get their phone number or something like that. And it's like I don't want that. I just want. I went and enjoyed this moment of like drinking a beer and now went never associate with that person again. Which is Man, a very that's, that's, that's very Wow. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Well, is that I don't I don't say you're wrong. I think that I don't know. Because I'm I'm not totally to that level. I know John, you seem to be a you, you seem like the more anti social type than me, and I'm not very social either. <laughs> um But no, I, I, I do agree with you. I, I I think there is a lot of validity validity to that. I'll, I'll because, try to get your name if after about three beers. I'm like, hey, what's your name, by the way? If I'm trying to buy you a beer or something. <laughs> true, 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 true. I mean, it really also depends on how like the moment's going, of how the vibes kind of kind of playing out there. Sure. Yeah. Also, another thing is like you're probably the same way. I'm gonna forget your name five minutes later. So mm. what's the fucking point in asking? I'm just gonna look like an asshole. 
Absolutely. So it's, and, it's, I think it's an understanding of, among the guys. Like, we all know we're going to forget each other's names. We're all here for a good time. I'll be your best fucking friend for two hours. Let's go. <laughs> I have a tactic, typically, if I'm, like, if I'm vibing with some random person and then ask for their name, I kind of wait, if I'm in a group, for the group to be back over around everybody to then ask the name so I don't have to memorize it enough to then introduce him or the person to the group. So that was kind of like an introduction point there. Okay, that's solid. Uh, that's, that's a good tactic. I got to remember this one. There's also the, uh, you know, you ask somebody who knows them. Hey, what was that guy's name again? I forgot. I don't want to be an asshole. And they, they're true. never going to judge. They're just going to say, oh, that's Joey, you know? Like, true. That, that's a good Very one. Very true. That's my move. So it, is there anybody from the old solar days that you still kind of keep in contact with? Oh, man. Uh, I mean, I see Connor a lot. Um I saw Amanda a few weeks ago. Um, oh wow! Obviously, I you know she gave me that dog, beans right here. That's hey girl, true. Um, true. I saw her at McGuire's, so I said hi. Um, Dougie, how is she doing? She's she seems like the one person from the group that would actually have went back again and still be doing solar. Uh, I think she did for a different company. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. She I, I forgot where she's working now. I asked her, but I, I was I was drunk, so I don't know. Um, but she's, she's good. I, you know, I miss her. She was very sweet. It was a very fun person to work with. Um, let's see. I, I, I've met with Jaron another time. Like I knew him from, I went to high school with him and I, yeah. I helped him do like a foreclosure on a house. Um, that was cool. Cause he does, he does like those trash outs where you just clean the house out and you make money off of, uh, yeah, I, rem yards I remember him. Him talking about that and the crazy shit they's found, like having to clean out like hoarders' houses and stuff. Oh yeah, you with that, you do with some crazy people too. Because I've done, I've done quite a few houses with them, not a ton, mm -hmm. but like a few. And yeah, this last one, we had this dude like these hoarders were across the street, and they were trying to take everything we were taking out. And we're like, hey, do not touch this. It does not belong to you. It doesn't belong to us. Like these are the homeowners' property that we have to lay out for the night and then take to the dump. And they, they're like, oh, man, you're just throwing it away. So this one guy this one guy kept coming onto the property and trying to, like, find stuff. And so I'm like, buddy, uh, I got a, I got a deputy sheriff that's working with us. He's, like, a block away. He's supposed to be, you know, on site at all times. I'm just going to walk over and, like, bust your ass. He's like, man, you ain't going to do that. And he's like, I'm going to get my gun. I'm like, bro, I got mine right here. Try it now. <laughs> I had to pull a gun on the motherfucker. <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, I don't care. I'm I'm defending my job site. Like I'm totally within my rights, bro. <laughs> you fucked up. You fucked up by saying that you had to like take it to the dump the next day. Because then they're like, oh, it's free shit. I'm gonna try and take everything I can. Well, I mean, they were already taken at that point. Like they saw us putting it on the curb, so they they think the trash people are coming to take it. So, mm -hmm. um, one like there was two people doing it. The one person was kind of cool. Like we kind of explained to them, Hey, we, we need this. We make money. This is how we make our money. If you take our shit, we make no money. They're like, okay, we'll stop. I'm sorry. And the other dude didn't give a fuck. <laughs> he was like, I'm taking it. <laughs> so I don't make money get, based on that. Um, well you gotta, you load up your trailer, you, you take pictures of the trailer with a tape measure. So you can prove this is how big the trailer is, their dimensions. And you, and then you take a picture of the trailer when it's full. And, mm -hmm. um, Basically, they want to see that it's, you know, packed densely and, you're not fluffing it and 
they say, okay, you got X amount of cubic yards. We're going to pay you X amount of dollars per cubic yard. And so okay. that's pretty much how you do it. That makes sense. That's just a weird system. I always assumed it would be like a uh, flat fee for like clearing the house out. Yeah. And you have to do it through their app too. So that way you can't just upload random pictures. You have to take the picture through the app. And um, mm -hmm. that's how they know you're not cheating it. But I mean, yeah, yeah, you deal with all kinds of crazy scenarios. I mean, I've had a few um, with, with other people that I've, I've done it with. You still been in touch with uh, Cece? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, okay. I messaged him today, actually. He's he's have... uh, he's doing his thing. He had another leg surgery. <laughs> uh, that's crazy. I haven't been in contact with him much at all. I need to snap him or try yeah, like, hit, talk hit to him up. more. He's he's just on his phone all the time, so <laughs> I can imagine. I mean he I always felt kid. like he was like so much younger than everybody else there. <laughs> yeah. He was a fun kid, man. I, I miss him. I grew up with him. I've known him all my life. So we, we have a lot of fun memories of just going crazy and he, he sure did that when he was here with us. I know he loved you guys. <laughs> um like well, I, I felt that... go on. Sorry. I, I'm not gonna lie. I like the the job we had sucked, but like the parties were great. Like we knew how to fucking have a good time. <laughs> See, if money was never a thing, that would actually have been an amazing time because it was. Bro. It felt like a boot camp, <laughs> like summer camp type of thing, where it's just hanging out with friends all the time. It kind of did because we had like little baby CC. He was getting introduced to like how to party and do drugs and drink because he was he was a little good kid <laughs> before that. And uh, <laughs> and then there's Justice. Who's who's Justice? Like he he's like a party animal. He's a legend. Like he he knows how to have a good time. And like I'm jumping in with you guys, watching the fights. Like that that was some of the most fun times of my life. Not gonna lie. Like if, like you said, if it wasn't because of money and horrible managers, true. Because um, Taco Tuesdays and the Wings Thursdays were the best. <laughs> Going in there and getting wasted while eating all you can eat. Um. For free. I still hate uh, Buffalo Wild Wings now. I hate going to it because for because... a good half a year stretch there, we would they would give us one free meal per week. So we would go to uh, Buffalo Wild Wings on like Tuesday or Thursday, wherever the buy one get one was. Yeah, and that Thursday. would be yep, and that would be my fucking meal for two days out of the week. <laughs> you order a fuck ton of wings. I remember that because we were. They were talking about like we need to manage expectations and how we're too lenient on you guys and give you too many privileges. And then at the end of the thing, you like raise your hand. You're like, hey, uh, guys, so can we can we still do like three meals once a week? <laughs> 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 Which is a very valid concern. We all were thinking it. You just raised your hand and said it because, yeah, some of us do depend on two days worth of food with that one. <laughs> Because we were so poor. I don't know how you made because uh how many sales did you have? Bro, I've made dick. I made like two sales. <laughs> I was terrible. Which I'd be slaying in the office. I'd be murdering with my pitch. You're like, oh dude, you're so good. Your pitch is money. But like, they'd be gassing me up and I'm like, yeah, sure. I get out there and just take a shit at the doors, man. <laughs> you know what's sad? So like living in Pensacola, I live and I'm sure you're this way too, like with Milton. Mm-hmm. Like, you drive by all the neighborhoods you used to knock in. Um, like, I don't know if you do that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, like, so I got a church in Milton, right? And um, there's so many neighborhoods that we knocked. Like, we did every neighborhood, every subdivision, like, twice. 
and they're right near there. So I drive by it. I'm like, ah, PTSD. Here we go. <laughs> or I'll go to I'll go to East Hill. And I loved knocking in East Hill and North Hill, downtown Pensacola, because the mm-hmm. houses, a lot of them were old or just very nice houses and the neighborhoods were pretty. Um, you know, at least the nicer ones were. So it was nice to be there, but I'm getting my teeth kicked in by these rich people. So <laughs> like I'll 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 literally drive by the old neighborhoods like every other week you know, on, on a Saturday if I'm out and about and I'm like, ah, oh, I remember that house, I remember that house, like Fond that's how I felt. That's how crying. I felt about pace. Pace people yeah. were the worst to me. Like pace people were all like upper middle class, and nobody was interested whatsoever. Yeah, and, the, and you're just in these new subdivisions that look like trash. Like they just true. look plain, and you're tired of seeing concrete all day. True. The worst feeling though is driving through those neighborhoods where you know you've knocked at some of the doors. And seeing solar in some of the houses, and you're like, you son of a bitch. Yeah, I know. I, I warmed it up for you. <laughs> yeah. Dude, Dude that, I had that's... To, you already gone at that point. I had to make a neighborhood, and there was a Rocky guy in the same neighborhood. <laughs> and I was like, the dude was so much better than me. I, I just kind of <laughs> left the neighborhood and just kind of like stuck, stuck around. Because yeah. I was like, I'm dumb for the day. I know he's knocked everywhere in the area. Like, this guy, if he couldn't get on, there's no way in hell I'm about to talk these people into buying solar. I did that too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember. So, uh, you remember where I lived out in Cantonment before that? Um, mm-hmm. I had knocked a neighborhood for a few weeks that was right near there. It was a brand new development, and it was like a lot of military people and people of that age, you know, just uh, 30 year old, 30 something year old people. Yeah. So, most, most of the people there were pretty chill. And I'm knocking at the same time this Meraki dude is knocking, but he's a rookie. So like, <laughs> I, you know, I'm I'm being his friend. I'm like, yeah, man, how is it? Blah blah blah. We're like making small talk, and he's friendly. I'm not trying to be a dick to the guy. I mean, we're we're being nice to each other, and we're both like, I think he got nervous about it too, seeing me. And so I I kind of saw that, so I was like, I gotta take advantage of this. I gotta at least show some dominance. I'm like, yeah, man, I've been doing this for like a year. Yeah, like I do this and that. So look, I tell you what. I let you do this side. I'm gonna take that side. He's like, "Oh, thanks, bro." And then, so I do my side, and I go behind him. And I think I made like an appointment at a house that he got rejected from. <laughs> and like, oh, I felt like the biggest swinging dick for the next two days. I was like, "Hell yeah, let's go." <laughs> the guy canceled. <laughs> <laughs> he was probably like, "I'm so fucking sick of seeing these solar like, people. I'll say anything like, to get you off my door." I send the SB out there to do the appointment. The guy cancels when he shows up. <laughs> I was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> he was so mad at me, too. <laughs> I was like, I don't care. <laughs> Dude, I had a guy in Arkansas when we were up there. I'm not sure if you made the, the trip with us or not. Oh, yeah. Tell me about Arkansas. I, I haven't heard of anything about that. So go ahead. Okay. So Arkansas was weird because all the people up there, you get like eight to ten appointments the day you know if you were doing like really shitty but everybody canceled the next day i don't think i made a single sale the entire time i was up there but i had one guy i was talking to him during the day so he was like come back later so i came back later set appointment later and then the next day um uh, fuck i forgot who it was those uh ducello was going out there to do the appointment yeah and the guy canceled why ducello was driving out there and he was like, talk the guy into still doing the appointment. So I was like, 
He was like, I would like to like cancel this or reschedule or something. I was like, hey, the guy's already out here. He's going to be there in like five minutes. Just just be ready for the appointment. He'll talk about the price of solar, blah, blah, blah. And the guy was like, no, I don't want to do this. And I was like, hey, he's going to be there. <laughs> just don't worry it's about coming. it. <laughs> you, you're setting up this seller to get shot or something. The guy's <laughs> pulls out a gun was, on him. <laughs> I was fucking dumb. The guy texted me at one point and I, I kept the message for a while because he was like, uh, uh, this is unprofessional. I've tried to cancel multiple times. I'm going to report for you to like the Bear Business Bureau, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, <laughs> I was like uh, he's going to be there any minute. <laughs> you're like go ahead i hate this company <laughs> please <laughs> no i ended up i ended up telling ducello to cancel and not go there but i was just like i i was so over at that point i was like i'm just going to fuck with this guy and make him think that somebody's about to show up here in a second <laughs> <laughs> that's even worse i love it oh man i remember there there was nights where like I'll tell you what the worst day was Saturdays, having a knock on Saturday because they made it seem like you're only going to do it for like two hours or something. And then mm-hmm. you're going to have the rest of your Saturday. Bro, I'd be out there. Nobody answers because everybody's enjoying their nice day. and like They're not home. And so <laughs> they'd be like, hey, how many appointments did you get? I'm like, none, motherfucker. I'm going home. He's like, don't go home until you get an appointment. I'm like, <sighs> okay, whatever. So I was. You, <laughs> your shit was I, so much different because my saturdays were like i would wake up and i was like in a house where sv was living there so there was no option it was you're going on fucking saturday yeah they're gonna dog you until you like yeah and if you show up early without anything to show and he comes home later he's just gonna talk to you about it i'm sure i i think from my recollection he always showed up late because any of the closes or any of the appointments he would be the one going to those Right, so he shows up and you're already like six beers in. You're like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over there kicking Cece's ass and not ping pong. Yeah, you're over there. Yeah, Justice is, is like chugging the bottle of Skull over there, you know, throwing darts or something. Dude, I miss it. I, I remember hitting up Justice one time to hang out. And I didn't know he had gone to like Mobile at that point. I'm like, hey, man, let's watch these fights or something. Like, I'll grow, grab a 12 of Modelo and, you know, we'll kick it. He's like, oh, bro, I'm in Mobile. I'm not even, I'm not even close. I'm like, ah, oh, all right. <laughs> all my drinking buddies are gone. <laughs> yeah, true. He's actually uh, talking about moving back to Pensacola here sometime soon. So I'm sure it'll uh-huh. be a lot easier to actually hang out then. That's cool. You know, you know something funny? Uh, Rich McDuff from Pensacola was asking about him. Who is that? Uh, Rich, the the guy who plays guitar. At oh, oh, okay. How how the fuck does he know him? Um, you were there that one time when we when we started making our McGuire tradition, weren't you? Uh huh. Yeah, and we had the little call thing or whatever the little like yeah for the songs. Yeah, well, I mean, Justice is hard to miss. He's got big old hair, so he remembers that, and he, and he remembers him. He would go up and sing like "Friends in Low Places" with me a couple times. So he remembered that he like he, he remembers a lot of stuff like the we talk about all the time that that night when we did all that and stuff and he's like where's the rest of them like uh well he moved away man so it's kind of just me it used to be me and my brother for the longest time like we would get up there and do songs and now he's gone so <laughs> it's pretty sad <laughs> it's just me now I respect it yeah you still going yeah for the most part like if rich is performing i'm there um mm-hmm. if he's not then i'll sometimes go depending on if i if i know who's gonna be there 
um, singing, then I'll, I'll show up and Ra- Rachel this. enjoys it too. So yeah, it's, it's a, still it's a, a long drive for me. I think that's the biggest issue is the fact that I have to drive like an hour and a half or so to get over the yeah, hour and going somewhere around that. If you're going to try to drink a few beers and come back, then uh, yeah, it's not fun. Yeah. Still um, got the cup though. Oh yeah, dude, I have, let me check. Let me look at my cabinet right now. I got so many of them. <laughs> I've got one, two, three, four, five, five McGuire's mugs. It's a lot of money on McGuire's mugs. Did you ever do the thing Dog. where you uh, you got like your uh, the number on there and they keep a mug for you? I need to. I need to do that. My brother did it. He uh, he got a, his and his fiance's name on a mug and he left it at my house. Um, so I have that right now. Um, sure, that's cool. I told him he should just leave it at the pub. I think he just wanted me to have it. So mm-hmm. that was kind of cool. I might do mine one day. You got to pay like another 25 bucks for it though. So I don't yeah, know. True. That's um, true. But I mean, if you're going to that extent, like it would be a, it's a one-time purchase thing. And then you don't have to worry about like bringing the mug or losing yeah, the mug, you, breaking the mug. You break it because I've broken like one or two. I've had to glue them back together. <laughs> <laughs> that's true but i wouldn't think you would worry about that at mcguire's like where are the chances you breaking it at mcguire's oh I've, I've i've gone a little wild at mcguire's <laughs> that's why i'm sober right now <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to think Man. i think the person that i kind of keep the most uh contact with outside of like the core group of friends because like a lot of the people there were already like physical people that I knew. Uh, I talked to you, and I talked to um, um, Cisco. Yeah. Oh, really? Cisco. Yeah, I talked to him decent amount still. I never really talked with Cisco very much. I don't know. We never like. I guess. I mean, he was cool. We just never really hit it off. Um, so that's cool. I didn't know he lived in the area. No, he lives in Montana. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and his girlfriend moved to uh. Uh, I think it's Montana. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's in Bozeman. Okay. Yeah. Which um, looks... The Snapchats he sends me, it looks so fucking freezing. Like, he sent me a snap this morning, and there was, like, a foot of ice just kind of piled up all around, like, the driveway and stuff. Ooh. Dude, Montana's beautiful, but it's cold. And, like, mm-hmm. that weather gets extreme. I couldn't do it. No, you I know, couldn't do it either. You know who's in the area still? Uh, Justin Mixon, but he's bad about answering his phone. <laughs> yeah, but he was already a Pensacola person. Like, that one doesn't surprise me that he kind of stayed around. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I got to hit him up sometime, too, because his, his girlfriend hit up my wife or something like that. They're, having a, they're either having another kid or they had another one. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, he's really fun to hang out with. He just doesn't see his messages sometimes, or he forgets. <laughs> so I I never really hung out with him that much. Yeah, I, I know you and like Justice and some other people were a lot closer to him, but I never really associated as much with him. You know how like dudes will be like close best friends and then never talk for like three years, and then they meet again and they're best buddies again. That's me and him. That's <laughs> 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 like we'll hang out, we'll get drunk and high, and we're like, bro. You're like a brother to me, dog. I'm like, yeah, man. We're going to hang out every week. He's like, yeah. I don't talk to him for like another year. Call him on the phone for like three hours after that. I'm like, yeah, man. 
we talk about stuff, then we don't talk again. <laughs> Bro, I, I think I was talking Justice uh, a, a few days ago. I was talking about, you remember when we went shooting, like on the shooting range? Yeah, yeah, me and you was raining, yeah. So the night before, I think was a McGuire's night or something, like we all went yes. out. Like, you were you were hung over. Dude, I went to sleep. It was one of those nights where you sleep next to the toilet, and I remember throwing up <laughs> multiple times. Woke up at like four or something early as shit, and was like, "All right, gotta go." <laughs> gotta go ah, I remember that because because weren't didn't we do it while we were we weren't working together at that point, were we? I think it was stopped, and I think it was something where like I had to go into the office at, like one o'clock or something, and afternoon so it was four you had your morning open Mm -hmm. yeah because i remember you and justice were supposed to go with me justice was way too fucked up um i think ashley might maybe she was gonna go with us too or she was working i don't know because i know she likes to shoot right um uh yeah yeah she owns some guns and stuff yeah Yeah. but he was like yeah i'll do it and then in the morning he's like not happening bro <laughs> i'm like okay and you you i'll give you that you're like dude i said i was gonna do it oh, i gotta, oh, I gotta <laughs> fucking do it i'm like all right john that's i respect you for that <laughs> uh, i was worse off than all of them i had to get like drove home that night because i couldn't fucking drive <laughs> i remember dude you were like split in half man but you were out there shooting with me i was like it was raining too it was miserable it was like pouring down rain I think we got and done I think shooting. It was cold. I think it was like cold too. Yeah, it was cold. We get done shooting, and then Connor he was gonna join us too, but he had to he had to come later. So I was waiting for him. Mm-hmm. And me and him start shooting, and my rifle jams up bad. Like my AR, I used some. Uh, I I used this Russian ammo that I had laying around, and I think they um, I think it had like bad powder in it, mm-hmm. and it just it wouldn't cycle very well. And it was steel cased ammo too, which um, that's prone to malfunction and stuff. So yeah. it, I had a really bad malfunction and I, I couldn't clear it. So my rifle was just fucked the whole day. I had to get I had to get a guy um, that worked at the range. They had a little gunsmith shop and me and him had to take it apart and work on it. And it it worked, but like that, there went my day. <laughs> so like Connor's just sitting around with a little 22 that I brought. He's shooting with it while I'm like screaming and cussing at my rifle. <laughs> That was a that was a bad day. <laughs> I remember you sending Snapchats of the uh, the rifle and the jam and everything. I couldn't it believe it. The the round bad. was sitting. It, it did a double feed, and the extra round was sitting on top of the bolt, which I don't know how that happened, but mm. yeah, <laughs> it was wild. I remember asking my military friend. I was hanging out with him that day, and I was like, "How does this happen?" He was like, "I I don't know." Yeah, it's it just was uh under. I think, yeah, underpowered uh, powder that was in that in those rounds. It was a bad batch because I had used that before, and uh, so I had to find all the boxes that had the same batch number on them. Just awesome. That's just cheap, though. Those Russian bullets are like the cheapest you can pretty much get. Yeah, it was Tula steel case Russian ammo that I'm never gonna buy again. It was just so cheap. Mm-hmm. I used to run it all the time. I was like, oh yeah, whatever. My AR will run it, and not that one. <laughs> <laughs> Not fucking right. that one. So I have not been keeping up with the news whatsoever. I know six people died. Three people died. Um, Do you have any of the information on that? I one? think it was six. Was it like 
four teachers and two kids. I don't know the the details on the victims. I know there was a few adult teachers and at least at least two kids. I think it was three and three. I could be wrong on that. Those facts, yeah, it could have been. Um, I think it was like three and three. But I okay. So that person that made the post that you you sent me the entire like little. Oh no, that you will never be a woman copy pasta. Yeah. So that was. I got what you said. Was that the person that did the school shooting that did copy pasta, or was that just a copy pasta that just related to it? It's just a famous gamer copy pasta. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, um, disappointed. I was hoping that was a manifesto, and I was like, that's such a manifesto. Writing it to themselves? <laughs> that's, Your mic's yeah. Huh? Your mic was going crazy for a second. What were you saying? I'm sorry. Um, oh, like like the shooter writing that to themselves? Yeah, 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 yeah. Which, I mean, it didn't make any sense when I was reading it, thinking that. You know, these people were like, like clinically insane at some point so i could see that being I mean, a yeah. um she had she had just sent like instagram messages to her friend beforehand like hey it was nice knowing you like i can't tell you what i'm about to do it's about to be horrible but i'm gonna die and they were like no uh, don't do I it think you're having some technical issues with the mic over there oh fuck i was gonna I was gonna say I'm, I'm hearing him pretty good. Oh, is it me? Oh, it's me this time. Oh, <laughs> oh, we got a nice we can, change of pace. I'm and back. we can also hear you, John. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. That was me that time. Uh, could you hear everything? Yeah. Yeah. I could, yeah, yeah. I, I could hear. I could hear you, John. Loud and clear, <laughs> man. What was the last thing you said? She had uh, been sending like an Instagram message to her friends and stuff. Yeah, like one of her friends basically like I'm I'm going to end it. I'm about to do something terrible. Um that I'm going to die basically. And they were like, "Oh no, don't do it." But like they they didn't put up much of a fight either. They were just like, "Oh, please no. I love you or something." <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> there was no, "Hey, call me. Do not do, you know, stop now, you know, get on the phone." There wasn't I didn't see any of that. Maybe like there could have been another screenshot, but I didn't see it. <laughs> so like <laughs> I mean, friend, you're a shitty friend, whoever you are. <laughs> uh, that would be the worst, though, if it was like, uh, like some friend was like, bitch, you don't, or some type of messages like that. <laughs> like, oh, you That'd won't, you won't. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, be I've, I've, been, I've, I've sadly been in scenarios where I've been concerned for very close friends of mine, or just, you know, even not even close friends, but people where I've had an inkling or they've given a hint. And I was, mm -hmm. I was immediately like, call me now, you know, or talk to this person, please. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. It's just, I, I think that's what most people would do. Like, you, you don't want to see something like that happen. Um, and that's if you know someone's going to just take their own life, let alone do something horrible, you know? Um, yeah, because you know, I mean, you know, if you're a close associate or like a close friend with that person, and they send you that text, like, you know, they've brought up some shit before like that in the past. Of some type of crazy ideas, or right. Um, when when you I forget the exact wording, but when they say like I'm about to do some do something, and then I'm gonna end it. Like, oh yeah, you're dragging someone with you. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> if you want to off yourself, okay, I want to be upset about it, especially if I, you're close to me. But like, come on, don't drag somebody else with you, man. Like, yeah, you know, I can't have that on my conscience too. <laughs> 
<laughs> like yeah absolutely I, I still i don't know i still feel like i could associate a lot easier with somebody crazy like that than the uh the dude last year that drove through like the crowd over in um where was that minneapolis or whatever oh in uh, waukesha wisconsin yes yeah yeah i still don't i don't get that one i want to like just trying to like plead my guilty afterwards yeah because you're not going to die. If you're going to drive your car into pedestrians, you know you're not committing suicide. It's not like I'm going to shoot a bunch of kids and shoot myself. You yeah. know, it's not it's not like a Final Fantasy thing. That's a that's murdering sociopath, and then later on I'm going to try to get out of it. You <laughs> yeah. Know? That that's one is wild. fucking wild to me. Those people are the crazier, <laughs> in my personal opinion. Those people are like the uh, serial killers. Those are like the the craziest of the craziest to me yeah i mean they all have something wrong with them one way or another but i i guess i could i'm not gonna say i understand but i i view it one way if you're taking lives and then killing yourself after then i'm Mm -hmm. gonna take lives and knowing i'm not gonna die you know like yeah which i I guess what i'm trying to say is like the school shooter (laughs) people are just really sad to me and then the uh, serial killers are just like that's just like evil to me. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of this school shooter people, like you can tell that they're all like they're un like they're unhinged but in a way that they could have got help at some point. Some the majority time. of them, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think the standout one to me is still the uh, the dude that shot up the the Dark Knight. Yeah. That guy from a long time ago, that guy just looked insane. He looked like somebody yeah. from like day one you would have known him and been like, that guy's fucking crazy. That was a weird one because then everybody was like, oh, see, it's because Hollywood's portraying things like that because everybody said he was the Joker, which I think later on he was like, I didn't know they were going to play Batman. <laughs> like, I had no, I had no <laughs> correlation to Joker whatsoever. I just dye my hair because I'm, that's, that's me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, I, I mean, how could you not know? Did you not check the movie times? They just show I mean, I'm up sure he did. Year? I'm not saying he didn't know. I, I think, but I do think he said later on, like, I have nothing to do with, like, the Joker. Yeah, the correlation between the Joker and <laughs> I mean, it's he like, probably hadn't seen the movie. Probably not. He could have gotten some tips from it and done been more creative. <laughs> At least put a nursing, so, a nurse outfit on. And we haven't even gotten into the weeds of how I think ninety nine percent of these are uh, like CIA psyops. So we can we can no. go down that rabbit hole if we want to. <laughs> I'm I'm down to go. So originally this was going to be a friend that uh, is semi big, but like a lot of conspiracy theories. I'm going to bring him on and just kind of do a recap of like what conspiracy theories have changed or updates in the last year. So if you want to kind of go down that route of like the. Uh, any type of thoughts that you have on like any of the sugar stuff, I'd be down with that. Okay, let me plug this real quick. I got a buddy who's uh who's done some high profile shows about it. So you know the Oklahoma City bombing with Timothy McVeigh and uh mm-hmm. in ninety six or ninety five. Um yeah. so my buddy Jose, he's he, so I'm gonna plug his show. It's called No Way Jose. It's on Spotify. He does basically like conspiracy slash anarchy pol- political shows he, he interviews people like for example the one i'm talking about a guy who has studied the oklahoma city bombing 
And dude, he goes into the weeds with that stuff. Like there's so many things I had no idea of. Basically the, the story that we all know of is bullshit. Um, I mean, that was 100% backed by the feds. He, he McVeigh didn't act alone. And what's really cool about it is the fact that he, this is just a buddy of mine who, um, long story short, he was, he was in the military for several years, kind of got disenfranchised with the government because he saw how inefficient and stupid it was. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, once, once my military contract is up and I'm, I'm not doing anything like this ever again, that's kind of how he got into that. And then he decided he, one day he just saw something interesting about, uh, Oklahoma city. I think it was, um, one of the cops that arrived on the scene and how he knew a bunch of information, told his wife, this is kind of fucked up. There's more to, to more to this than meets the eye. And later on, was like he committed suicide. suicide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was, I mean, you probably heard of, I forgot his name. Was it Christopher Dorner? I think, no, no, it was Terrence Yeeke. That was his name. And like the autopsy shows like stab wounds, two gunshots to the back of the head, grass embedded in his wounds. He traveled to like two miles distance and it was a suicide. So is that kind of is he the guy that like uh what was it shot himself and then walked like a mile to hang himself or some shit? Pretty much, yeah, yeah, that okay. was him. And so he he when he heard that story, that kind of triggered him to go into it. And so that's when he had this guy come on his show. He ta- he went several episodes deep into that because he's studied it a lot. And so and what he did after that was basically kept tweeting out and posting on social media. Hey, check out my podcast. Check out my podcast about um, the OKC bombing. And a lot of high-profile people picked it up. Um, I don't know if you know who Tim Pool is. He does a pretty big podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, I've heard of him. Yeah, he actually brought him onto the show, brought my friend on, and he talked about it. And that kick-started a lot of like big media outlets to actually write headlines about it. Like, oh, we're going to dig this headline up for no reason, um, you know. There's some details that maybe you didn't know about the OKC bombing. And so he actually kickstarted like a, a media uh, wave about that. So don't be surprised if in the near future more documentaries and stuff come out on that. So That'd be sick. I remember you uh, telling me that you were helping Ed or you were on one of his episodes or something. It seemed really cool. I mean, it's higher production than what we currently have going. Yeah, I, I didn't mean to talk forever about that but like that's that's one example of like conspiracy i've kind of been awake to now that i didn't think of before um no and you're good you're good just go on a rant or whatever i actually if you don't mind i gotta piss so bad if you want to take a quick like two minute pause sure thing man all right fair enough Oh yeah, that definitely will do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're back. Yep, we are back. Um, so yeah, I mean that one you can go on a rant or whatever if you want on any subject. Honestly, it doesn't really matter. But his podcast seems pretty cool. I haven't listened to many episodes just because I'm not a huge like podcast conspiracy listener myself. <laughs> Even though that's been our biggest episodes, I think people enjoy listening <laughs> to them. I think a lot of people do, and um, I'll I'll touch on that in a second. Like, um, I think to a lot of my friends who who maybe don't know about a lot of conspiracies, I'm the conspiracy nut. Mm-hmm. Um, and to them, I'll just be like, "You have no idea," because like the people I roll with that are into that, 
they they'll see me as a rookie compared to that. I'm like, yeah, I don't know about this and that. And they're like, oh, that's entry level shit. I'm like ancient aliens deep and stuff. You know, but a lot of it does make sense. Like we'll have fun and talk about just like crazy stuff that you can't prove at all. But it's like, yeah, it's a theory. Um, but I I think most most of the things that it, at, at least the corporate media will dismiss as a conspiracy theory mm-hmm. are at least somewhat valid or at least challenge their authority or you'll be like, okay, if this is all bullshit, then why do you want to hide it so much? Um, Absolutely. I I mean, I think the big conspiracy that I'm kind of into right now is just the, uh, uh, a lot of like, especially Western governments, because a lot of the Eastern ones have more of a control on like first amendment or free speech is like them trying to get rid of TikTok right now. And the idea that they hate the app, that you can just have so many like general people talking and showing what's actually going on. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's a confusing one for me because like I, I'm of the same mindset. Like why should you ban it? If, if, you know, especially a lot of, um, like conservative people in Congress, they're, they're, um, they're going at from the angle. It's Chinese spyware. Well, you know, everything is spyware pretty much on the internet. You guys have the, the damn Patriot Act that you voted to renew, and that's you, you gave y'all carte blanche to spy on yeah. American citizens. So why why should I really give a shit if China wants to do it too? Like I'm mad that both of y'all are doing it. I gotta um, I gotta bring something up about the. I'm glad you brought up the Patriot Act. Have y'all read like what's actually in the bill? No. Okay, this is actually Patriot Act 2.0. So they have a provision in there. That will give the government access to all home Wi-Fi networks. Oh my god! Talking about the the one the one when they renewed it two years ago. No, no, no. The TikTok one. That TikTok uh, proposed bill actually is the is actually like a Patriot Act 2.0 because it has all these things in it about how they could access how the government would have access to private networks, including your home Hmm. Wi-Fi network. Okay, I had heard something about that. I haven't looked too much into it. Um, so my theory on this, um, from the China angle, is that basically the people in Congress always want war. A lot of them are going to claim they don't, but mm-hmm. whether it's us funding the proxy war in Ukraine or us having the looming threat of China that they keep bringing up, I think they they are at least warming us up for some sort of conflict with China. And they're going to do it, first of all, by stoking the flames of China spying on us with with their spy balloon, or they're doing it through TikTok, or they're doing it through this and that. And they're going to, the conservatives will show us something else, like, oh, look, the Chinese are developing super soldiers, and we're over here, you know, letting transgenders in the military or something. Which, yeah, if, if, if we're going at it from a, a combat tactical perspective, I'm... I would lean towards, you know, China promoting masculinity and their traditional values if you're trying to form a fighting soldier, 100%. But this is one of the, so my pushback on a lot of the TikTok ban is uh, twofold on the sense that one from people like Joe Rogan mentioning that like TikTok only promotes in China like good values and shit like that. I've seen enough people go on to the actual like Chinese version of TikTok and it's basically the same shit that you get in the U.S. It's basically eighty percent thirst traps and dances and the yeah, I whole that. 
the whole nine yards. So I think that one's really exaggerated on how they kind of go about that. And I think two, that gets... sorry, go ahead. Oh, and I was going to say in two, like I, I don't believe that I haven't been shown anything that shows that they're stealing more information than what like Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, any of the U.S. companies are already taking from like U.S. citizens. Yeah, I, I honestly think it's really a big overreaction so that we can create more animosity with China just to warm us up at the very least for a potential conflict because we're, we're waning our forces over in the Middle East. We pulled out of Afghanistan and yeah. we still have conflicts here and there like with Syria and we're still funding other things like Saudi Arabia um, with, with their uh, bombing of, um, of Yemen. Like yeah. We're funding things like that, but it's not making us the big money that it used to. What's going to really launder the money well is obviously the one in Ukraine right now, which we're funding. And two, if we were to launch something big with China, if we could and, have something like the, the Zimmerman Telegram version with China, <laughs> something like that, an excuse. You which, know? I mean, that's like the known stuff. I mean, I can't imagine how many like uh, insurgent places that we're supporting like syria there's probably a whole bunch in like uh africa we're uh, they're definitely you know the cia didn't fucking change after the war on terror they're still probably like funding and supporting a whole bunch of cartels down in south america terrorist yeah. organizations somewhere in the world and and even if we don't know who it is wait 10 years and see who we're going to war with and that's who we've been funding like i've, I've been saying this as soon as the ukraine thing happened we're going to be at odds with Zelensky and Ukraine at some point, um, sometime within our lifetime. Could be next five, ten years. I mean, I would be surprised if we didn't, because why would it be any different than the way it was with Saddam, the way it was with the with Bin Laden, yeah, with Gaddafi? Because we funded all of them for a long time. Uh, we were allies with them, and then one day we decided, oh, Hussein is is killing his own people. He's committing all these war crimes. We got to stop him. When mm -hmm. the reality was most of those egregious crimes that Saddam was committing was while he was getting the money from the United States. Um, yeah. Very same true. thing with Gaddafi. You know, he he was cooperating with us and, and Libya was, you know, for the most part, prospering. Well, and I think Gaddafi's issue actually was he started cooperating more. Like originally he wasn't cooperating that much. And then he eventually was like, all right, they're going to fucking do what they did to um, uh I, Iraq, and he was like, oh, okay, I, I guess I yeah. need to cooperate more, and then that's when everything kind of went to shit for him. Not that he was a good person. Well, his big problem was realizing that the CIA wasn't his friend and that they would turn on him at some point. And he he, he called out the United States' uh, reliance on the petrodollar. He, as soon as he was mm -hmm. vocal about the reason why the United States was interfering in so many Middle Eastern affairs, that's really when they when they cracked down on him. And that was one of the one of the biggest disasters ever, in my opinion, because when that happened, all, all the stability was sucked out of Libya. Um, chattel slavery was brought back and Libya mm -hmm. became one of one of the poorest countries in Africa um, just because we knocked off Gaddafi. And everybody here was like, oh, yeah, a huge, a huge threat is gone while, you know, we just completely destabilize an entire nation. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, absolutely. Even if you go in with good intent, like the fact that. There's like YouTube live streams of people selling slaves. That yeah. is never a good result, regardless of what you're going for.
Yeah, I mean, uh, there, there's so many examples of that where it's like, sure, we like we think we did the right thing. We did a moral thing by toppling a dictator or this democratically elected leader in this country has been bad to some people. So somehow that's our business. we got to kill them. Yeah. Um, when does that ever end? Well, I mean, that's the thing with Ukraine right now. I hate to go, go back to it, but um, like we oh, when Obama was president and Biden was vice president, we were staging the coup over there in 2014. And yeah. like we've had affairs with Russia and Ukraine long before that. I mean, the whole reason why Putin was pissed off and invaded was because NATO kept pushing more and more east after they made a treaty years and years ago that they wouldn't do it. So yeah, which I that's why I kind of see us not possibly getting into a like conflict with Ukraine. I think at some point the like perfect scenario at the end of the war would be kind of Ukraine or. Yeah, Ukraine split in half and then half of it being able to join NATO after like some government reforms that we would definitely have our hands in. Dude, I hope so. Honestly, I'm not trying to be like a huge downer about it, but like even during the Cold War, obviously we weren't alive back then, but I've read a little bit about it. Um, Even during that time when Russia was really the communist bad guy, Mm -hmm. um, there was always peace talks, whoever was president. Um, we we were always at least encouraging peace talks. Right now, there's none of that. There's the opposite. We're especially with Zelensky too. Like, if if somebody uh, that's in the administration even hints at, hey, maybe we should we should have a have a amnesty and a peace talk with Putin. Like Zelensky will be like, uh, no, uh, I'm never surrendering. I'm never yeah. negotiating with this guy. Give me more money and give me your your lives. <laughs> it's just like, holy shit. <laughs> like this, it, it's. And I'm not trying to take a political side on this, but like it's if you know anything about him and about our government dealings with him, it's very clearly a money laundering scheme. Like the guy's a the guy's a puppet. Um, mm-hmm. He was installed because he would play ball with us, and it benefits the people in charge of the United States if NATO keeps expanding eastward, especially if it causes a conflict because they have lined their pockets with you know stocks and raytheon and boeing and shit like that so oh yeah like i mean war war makes so much money more than any other industry we could think of if you're you know one of the elite class oh uh i actually have a fun one to like pitch to you here uh so i was watching a whole bunch of videos and stuff talking about this of uh it was during the time period where they were talking about potentially giving ukraine jets or any type of like aerial support, not UAVs, but like actual jets and stuff. And one of the pushbacks that they were saying of why that wouldn't happen, not even like the uh, ramping up of like conflict with it, is because uh, it's looking like militarily for like the industrial complex, it really seems like the defensive measures for like anti or like anti uh, air and all those capabilities are really outshining any of the actual fucking like jet combat ability so i i i think they really don't want to give any jets over there because they don't want to show the uh the flaws in just like jets right now because i don't think they've followed up to what the anti-air is i've I've heard that and yeah they do require a lot of maintenance and we would have to send over a lot of I don't know a lot about this, but like they, we, I, I heard someone talking about it. We we would have to send over more training than we already are doing because we are sending 
special forces over to train the fighters. Yeah. Like that's going to require such a, a whole different skill level to operate. And like you said, um, we don't want to get embarrassed if, if our stuff work, it doesn't work, you know? Well, I think um, the, uh, like the military companies like Boeing and stuff like that are worried that if it shows that their like aircraft aren't superior to the air defenses, then either one of two scenarios would happen. Either they would have to get a lot more funding to get a way fucking better like aircraft, or they would be like, well, why aren't we putting our money into this? And they would start taking out funding possibilities for it. Sure. Like financially it wouldn't be a good investment. I, I understand that. I mean, they're, they're going against fucking Russia. That's, that's not peanuts. That's a, like they they don't have yeah. anywhere near the military budget that we do, but it's still a nuclear power. And if if you're trying if you're trying to be honest about it, like yeah, we're fighting through Ukraine, but it's still as of right now, the Ukrainian army plus volunteers that are using our weapons fighting humongous Russia and all all the resources mm-hmm. they have. And I mean, there's a lot of propaganda coming up from both sides. It's pretty hard to believe either one because some people would have you believe that the Ukrainians are kicking the Russians' ass. And from what I've read, that's not exactly the case, but I don't know. Like, I, what? I mean, I, the re- I don't want, I don't want people to die. That's the big thing. Like, I would rather end. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm tired of it yeah. dragging out like it is. I agree. I mean, I, if you would believe the, uh, little videos coming out from like ukrainian soldiers they would want you to believe that they're mowing down the fucking uh what's the mercenary <laughs> group that russia has uh, oh that russia has yeah i don't know the only particular the only particular one i know is the azov battalion that ukraine has that's got a whole bunch of nazis in it <laughs> <laughs> john you're talking about the wagner group yes the wagner oh, group. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah they want you to believe that they're like mowing down hundreds of the wagner group at like just all the time that they're just sending in prisoners that don't even have like weapons and shit. Like, but that I'm that is so crazy propaganda of like hot chicks wearing Ukrainian gear that's clean and shit. I'm like, hmm, that doesn't add up. <laughs> like, oh, dude, do you want to know the psyop that uh TikTok has me down rabbit hole of right now? All right, what's uh, that? Uh, they I keep getting videos of uh, you know how Japan has like a declining birth rate for a while. Yeah. So I have been getting nothing but videos of like hot Japanese women and it's videos of them interviewing and be like, uh, what type of foreigners are the hottest? And they'll be like U.S. foreigners. And clearly whoever is in control of the media over in Japan is wanting to get immigrants in to like replenish the birth rates going on. Really? And they are they're trying to bait me so hard. That's interesting because I've yeah Japanese dudes don't fuck I guess like I think I don't know what the deal is but that I've heard that like people just in general aren't having relationships at all whether they're like long term relationships or just any sexual relationships people are just yeah. kind of doing their own thing and if you're me or you being an American dude who's kind of average we go over there and we're a ten you know like. Um, I knew of a guy from North Carolina. He moved. He he went there on vacation, and he just liked it there so much. He's like, "Hey, there's no crime. There's no, there's not this and that. There's a lot of respect and a lot of culture that I like." And he just meets this hot chick with huge tits, like model, fucking supermodel, like, and she just falls in love with him. I'm like, "Bro, what?" 
and they have kids and he just lives there now i'm like okay dude That's like wild. he's like this is amazing this is the best i'm like okay but like i i i kind of i can see that um which well, is I think crazy I... because that they've they've tried to preserve their culture so much that now they're at the point where like yeah bring in more westernization we need to procreate <laughs> yeah well it's gotten weird over there i a couple years ago, they passed a law to where there's so many rural houses that are just completely like abandoned to where they're giving them out to Japanese people for free if they'll move back wow. into the countryside because everybody's moving into large cities. But yeah, I I think the major issue is it's like a cultural thing because I think the dudes are like the when the Japanese culture is weird about any type of affection, but two, everybody's so focused on like careers instead of families. Yeah, like I I don't understand the culture very well, so I can't really speak too much on it. But it, it's it's very strange to me because same with China as well. They have for thousands of years have preserved their identity and stuff. And I think once mm -hmm. they were touched by the Western world, they just kind of drank from the fire hose and was like, "Oh yeah, let's build our humongous cities." And they and they uh, especially Japan, they do it really well. Like they were they at least combined big cities and cool tech and infrastructure with without having huge crime rates i think because they yeah. at least were able to incorporate their culture of respect into it however i think they still are losing their identity with things like birth rates and careers and other stuff well i may be uh, totally i may be totally full of shit but that's just what it seems like looking in <laughs> what's interesting about hey, about like the city planning that they have i think we talked mm -hmm. about this on the last pod um I was just listening to a thing talking about Japanese city planning versus the U.S., and most children by the age of six are actually walking around the city just by themselves because how they have their cities built is every every house in a city is within two miles of a school. There's not a single house that's further than two miles from a school. Well, they actually, they have TV shows on that as well. They have, like, a weird cultural thing where they'll send out, like, not newborns, but, you know, like, four-year-olds five-year-olds mm -hmm. three-year-olds out to do errands like yes, it's well, some type of a cultural like norm to have them go do their first task at that age and they'll go to like they'll go to the fucking like grocery store like a mile and a half away and then like pick up groceries for the house that's wild mm -hmm. i'm gonna be completely honest though it's just my personal opinion even with some of the cool things like that I hate that shit. <laughs> Maybe it's because I hate cities, and I, but I just, I just hate the the dystopian future kind of thing. Like you're gonna be mm -hmm. a cog in the wheel kind of mindset. I'd rather be. I I like living in the country better, and being more self sufficient, and not having to rely on a 15 minute city. Yeah, I just think a lot of those agencies, like once globalization kind of started happening around like around the 60s or so, at which Japan was. Or Tokyo was already a major city prior to that, and like Beijing, all those. But I think once you could import like all your needs, there was no really need to have like the rural areas of Japan. So everybody's just flooded in, and now everybody's so focused with like trying to be a salaryman, get a good career, figure it out later on in life, to where like the household shit is just declining and the birth rate's declining so bad. Yeah, it's it's a wild thing, man, for sure. Um... I'll tell you what's weird here is the fact that this year from people I've talked to and other people I know and healthcare people, the mm -hmm. number of 
the ratio of boys being born to girls is huge, like higher than they've seen before. So that's just a conspiracy theory that is baseless. I have no proof whatsoever, but I'm saying it now. They're engineering us with the water that turns the frogs <laughs> gay so that we have boys instead of girls so that we don't procreate as much. <laughs> and so that we'll be able to churn out soldiers for them too. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I mean, I you heard I it here first. I, I, I would source, hope, I made it up. I would hope they had learned from like the uh, one child policy over in China to try to not do that because I think you get a whole bunch of weird side effects from those cultural learned. things once you get. So here, here's the thing: if what I'm saying is true and they're social engineering like that, uh, mm-hmm. I don't think they care. I think that's the plan. You hear them all the time, people that are like World Economic Forum and stuff like this, um, saying that we're overpopulated and that the human species are a scourge upon the earth. And funny, it's never like their problem. It's always people that are just middle class that, you know, have barely any carbon footprint. Um, You're never going to see them reduce their military industrial complex or look at China who's putting out carbon emissions like crazy. It's always like us normal people. But they're always going to blame us like that, saying, oh, you're having too many kids. You're being too much of a burden on society. We should uh, underpopulate. And I think that's like, and I'm not saying it's on purpose. It could be. But like we're also seeing trends of lower birth rates here in the United States, focusing on careers, women trying to, um, you know, not having kids in their early 20s and trying to have them in their Mm -hmm. 30s because they've tried to get a doctorate or whatever else. And just the overall, like, household population declining as well. Yeah, and, like, you know, you don't see as many marriages. You don't see as many nuclear families. Um, sterilization. There's just um, just many factors at, at play there. And, um, like, testosterone is, is decreasing. Um, just shit like that. It's kind of weird. Yeah. I mean, I think without, like, uh, political social engineering, I think, a lot of the world eventually is going to look more of a system like Italy, where it's households kind of on top of each other, where it's like grandparents living there, parents living there, and then the kids living there until they can like afford to buy their own place later on in life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I think is- uh, I think the nuclear family, which I, I mean, I'm I'm in support of that. It's different from the extended family like Italy, like you're saying. I think that's more so an American thing, but that's something America really built their ideal on and um and they've been a lot of people have been open about this now they're trying to abandon that and put it more of like a uh not an extended family but kind of like uh the whole it takes a village kind of thing and like have kids raised by teachers and shit like that because i mean i mean kids are in school for how many hours a day and then they take school with them and do homework and stuff like that that's that that is another opinion of mine. I hate that shit too. Like I'm going to try to homeschool my kids just so that they learn as much as they can from either us or like-minded people and still be able to like, Oh yeah, you get your schoolwork done. Now, if you want to, you can work a job or you can play sports or whatnot. You can get as much um, experience of the world as you want to without having to be stuck in a classroom. <laughs> like I, I'd rather have that yeah. for them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because if they're not getting the social interaction that you really need to build like a a normal fucking person, they're all going to be like weird, socially in depth, like homeschool kids. Yeah, I think I think within the last fifteen to twenty years that that uh, phenomenon has melted away a ton because people are realizing that you know, for one, they don't want their kid to be weird, and Mm -hmm. two there's more people getting homeschooled as it is anyway. So you're able to build bigger communities with that. 
And I th- also think it just if if parents are weird, then their homeschool kids are going to be weird. If parents are just <laughs> cool and chill and they have the means to homeschool their kids, then yeah. the kid turns out okay. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> mo- I, I've I've met plenty of homeschool kids and they were they were weird because their parents were goofy as fuck. <laughs> so I I'm trying to think. I I think all the homeschool people I know like. I've known some weird ones. I've known some kind of normal ones, but all of them, you, they had that vibe. They all have that like slightly off vibe. Yeah, I mean, they're not gonna not have that vibe because they didn't, <laughs> they didn't grow up in a school setting. Yeah, especially like yeah. a government school setting. Which, like, you know, this is just my opinion. Me personally, I'm cool with that. I don't, I, I personally can't stand the government, so I don't want my enemies raising my kids, like Malcolm X said. So. <laughs> Like I'm cool with that. For the people listening, you went to a uh, private school, right? Yeah, I went to like a private Christian school. So I'm actually glad I didn't get homeschooled. (laughs) I love my parents, but like I wouldn't want that in my situation. Oh, lost my fucking mind, dude. Oh yeah, they tried to do it too, like to save money. I was like, no, I've like been going to the school forever. I play sports, and Mm -hmm. like I'm not gonna give that up. (laughs) And they're like, because with our school, they didn't. They didn't allow uh, homeschoolers to play sports. Oh, hang on. Hey, hey, shut up. Told you this would happen. Hey, it's not uh, that loud babe. anyway. You're okay. I think they saw my neighbor with his dog outside or something. Uh, okay, so. But anyway, like my, my wife was homeschooled her whole life. I mean, she went to, um, I think she went to a private school for one year. And she went to public school for a year, but she was mm-hmm. young when that happened. So she was homeschooled and. She went to college at like age 16. So she finished with her master's when I was graduating with my bachelor's. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, financially and everything, that makes so much more sense. And like, I wish I would have went to a uh, dual enrollment when I was in high school, but yeah, I don't know. There's in some ways, I don't know how the payoff is in some ways that would have been really helpful, especially financially. In some ways I really enjoyed the typical high school environment. Yeah, I mean, I I get it. It's not for everyone, I, and um, I think, like in my case, I wouldn't have wanted to do it. But I I've, I've got certain plans to where I'm like, yeah, you know, I I want this and this and this for my kids. I want them to be able to get a taste of real world at an earlier age. And I think that's that's possible. I think that's more likely with a homeschool background because you can just go straight to work and at like mm-hmm. age fourteen, fifteen easier than if you were in high school and a lot of people don't like that because they're like oh let the kid enjoy kid life and stuff and it's like you still have like a ton of time to do that like i worked in high school and i still enjoyed a lot of things and i was making money like you're telling me he's not going to enjoy being rich compared to his friends because he (laughs) like he pulls in however many hours of work every week you know um and that's if he wants to i'm not gonna make him work but i'll be like hey look if you want you know, cool shit, then you can go make money and buy a new truck or something like possibilities are endless. And I mean, especially you'd probably be better off with a fair financial understanding of how the world works. And I, I, I can't speak for everybody, but I think especially like myself, when you're in high school and surrounded by so many peers of your same age, like you kind of viewed that as the like most important thing going on in the world. And like you don't really realize some other aspects of how the world actually works because you're so just focused in on yeah. that shit. Yeah, and that's something I wish I could go back and change. But you, you, you got a stupid brain. You're in high school. You don't know any better. You're focused on like for me, 
it was my girlfriend. Oh, I wanted to stay with her. I didn't want to change this and this and that because maybe my relationship will go away and I just want to play basketball and maybe I'll work a little bit and, you know, I don't know how to manage any finances yeah. whatsoever, that kind of thing. Whereas if I had a little more independence and was able to use my critical thinking at an earlier age, then I would have more options now or at least, yeah. you know, a few years ago when I'm 20, 21 years old, like I have a better plan of what you're actually trying to do later in life. Right. It's like, Oh no, your kid was homeschooled. He's weird. Well, okay, sure. He's got, uh, you know, $50,000 saved up by the time he's 18 and he can, you know, put a down payment on a house before he's 21 and he can do this and that while you're, you know, $200,000 in student loans and have a shitty degree. It's like, Oh no, <laughs> like he was laughing now, bitch. <laughs> like that, that kind of thing. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'd rather give him that yeah. chance. You know, I, I just feel like with myself personally, like knowing myself, I would have been so weird if I would have been homeschooled and not have the social interactions. Cause I know yeah. I would have gotten into just like every month it would have been some new type of hobby or something from being so bored. Yeah. I mean, you're a kid, you're going to be weird. Like True. that shit happens. That's why I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I can pull both. I'm hoping I can, if nothing else can control, like give them quality education, like ideals and values that we would want to uphold without having mm -hmm. the constant peer pressure and other things that are just, in a school the biggest thing really i don't want them getting droned on all day long by a fucking loser ass government employee who sucks at life and therefore is now teaching them because mm -hmm. <laughs> like uh, let's be honest i've i've never been impressed with most teachers at all um now there's some I, that are great but i i do think yeah. as an american society we put them on a way higher pedestal than they should be they bitch and moan about their pay when they're just regurgitating lame ass education that we are way behind compared to the rest of the world. I'm not very impressed by it. Yeah. I, I think we have a little bit of different ideas on, on it though. I still feel like they should be paid more. I do think they complain more than almost any other fucking job sector <laughs> in the entire economy. Journalists haven't beat journalists complain. Yeah. more. Yeah, true. But <laughs> that's kind of their job is to fucking complain. Oh, and then like, I think the reasons for teachers complaining is also kind of circular. Like they complain because they're so like every like schools are so low funded. Yeah. Here, like we don't put an emphasis on education as a society. Which we're one of, especially even Florida that we're in, we're one of the lowest like funded public school systems in the country. Really, I think we're in like the top. We're in the top ten. I can't remember how low it is i know like alabama mississippi those are i think the two fucking lowest but i think we're on average how much money goes into it i think we're per capita one of the lower ones but yeah. i i still I, I think that they need to be funded more i just think that there needs to be more of an emphasis on education in the country well i th i think that like they could also do to better their curriculum i think they lower their standards a whole lot Plus, mm -hmm. like certain things like their history curriculum just sucks balls because I, I like history, but I hate I cannot fucking stand the normal history, the, the normal high school and college curriculum that you would get mm -hmm. without without doing your own research and other stuff because it, it's just so shit. 
my dad taught history for 18 years and he he hates it too i only remember that well i was taking college history classes from like 10th grade okay the majority of high school pretty much just because that was probably my best subject and the only one i cared enough to actually take some college classes on so my my like history learning was different than the majority of people that went to any type of public school yeah, it's wild because I, I I'm the same way, and I'll assume people know this and that, and they don't. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm like, President so and so. They're like, oh, he was a president. I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, are you stupid? I mean, my memory is a little fuzzy. Once you get back to like the, uh, I I couldn't tell you what both of the atoms did without kind of combining them into one, like the Garfields and shit like that that time of history like it gets a little cloudy on what those those people did you would have to like go out a little bit to more of world history and then i could tell you what everything that was going on during that time period okay see i i get i get autistic about some history shit and i just i just rant about it mm-hmm. especially if i don't like the teacher like i had one teacher she fucking she would gargle lincoln's balls dude she loved lincoln <laughs> and i can't fucking stand him I'm just like, bro, do you have any idea, like, the precedence that man set with this and that? Like, I don't care what his intentions were. He's, he royally fucked this and that. He's like, but, 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 but he freed the slaves. I'm like, uh, well, actually, no, the North still had slaves after the war. He didn't do shit. <laughs> and she's like, no. Mm-hmm. And so, like, me, me and my brother would talk about this a lot. And my dad would, too. Just like, man, all these, like, historical heroes that people have, they, a lot of them sucked. <laughs> and a lot of the good ones, they're trying to trash their name, you know. Yeah. Then again, Which, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna start sounding like an angry boomer if I if I do talk about it. So I'm trying to think about the most that I had like U.S. history in any of the classes. I th- I took one general U.S. history in college, which was pretty dog shit, and then I took one Cold War history in high school that was a college oh, class, and that one was really good. So all the history up to like um, I feel like U.S. history, honestly, my real knowledge is only like nineteen. 30 19 somewhere in the 30s all the way to like current day is kind of the information that i'm aware of a lot more of i mean it's the most relevant to us now i mean that that, Mm -hmm. that makes sense like for me a lot of ancient history and medieval history is mostly for fun although you can learn a lot from it by studying patterns and just making predictions um but when it comes to political discourse and like foreign policy and just world policy and trends like that yeah from world war one on you're going to learn the most about that mm-hmm. um which i i think typically my favorite are like antiquity like roman stuff and then world like world history in general and then the major major wars world war one world war two napoleonic wars any of the american ones although i haven't really looked that much into like the uh uh barber wars i feel like that's kind of a section i haven't yeah nobody talks about that i know nothing about it so i should look into that (laughs) me either i I know that was uh the first u.s conflict that we got into once we got independence and i think we got into two wars against them like monroe and all that um try to think uh prior to that i believe it was uh like adam I know like Washington was, had Washington was involved with with that. I know that. I think you could be right. I'm not really sure. 
because it was because Washington was big on like, sorry, France, I'm not going to help you at all because we cannot get involved with this and that. And he's like, oh, a few like, you know, raggedy ass pirates like mess with some of our merchant ships over off the coast of Africa. Yeah, we're going in mm -hmm. now. <laughs> it's like, OK. <laughs> I, I think it was a good way to kind of up our military system and just kind of get our our boots on the ground against a really easy target. That's like, even if we fucking lost, it would just be like, oh, we left and they can't do anything about it. Washington showed them how it's done. This is how you deal with gorillas. You don't stretch it out for 22 years like we did with Afghanistan. <laughs> I, I wonder what his involvement was. I doubt he actually went anywhere near North Africa. No, I, I know the most. I know he did one thing. Uh, you know the whiskey rebellion when he was president. Yeah. When he put like a big tax on the whiskey. I mean, he he personally mm -hmm. went down himself with the army to kind of squash that one. Um, which I've got conflicting opinions on that. Although I will say some of the stuff they were doing wasn't cool. Like some of the dudes are dressing up as women and ambushing like uh, some of the tax collectors. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, fuck the tax collectors. They suck ass. But like, uh, I mean, you're going <laughs> to like some of the stuff the, the colonists were doing. It was like, yeah, you can't really justify that. But then again, I can't blame them for, for most of it. I'd be pissed if I just fought a whole war over a, over a tea tax and then got taxed off, out of my ass for whiskey. You know. Yeah, which I mean, for people listening uh, that don't know a lot of information on it, they would use whiskey as a a huge amount of like their bartering back then. Like that yeah. would be one of the easiest things to be able to. It was easy to produce. It was really easy to store compared to other things like wheat, barley, all those things they would have. Uh, the U.S. didn't have a standalone currency at the time, so it was state by state making currency. If I'm correct on that. And it yeah. was just, it was the easiest thing to actually have as a form of currency to trade in for other goods. And right. the U.S. like made a huge tax on it. A whole bunch of rebels from uh, West Virginia and other areas of like territories rose up and then Washington like put a stop to it and ended up, um, uh, wasn't there a massacre in that one? Didn't they end up killing a whole bunch of people at some point? Uh, before some Washington arrived with the troops, yeah, there was. Um, and yeah, the whiskey thing was a very big deal because it didn't a lot of the policymakers in new york at the time they didn't really understand it that well because that wasn't their big mm -hmm. um their big commodity up there for dudes in the rural mountains of you know tennessee and virginia and all that like that's that's their livelihood <laughs> so they're like yeah. you just you know we, we just and and those the the guys that were fighting in the revolutionary war from those areas um, those few conflicts that were in the mountains, something like a King's Mountain or or something like that, like those mm -hmm. guys were very valuable because there weren't many of them, but they had uh, they had long rifles and they were very good fighters. So they were very valuable. So they're like, OK, we just helped you guys out with this war and you're going to shit on us by taxing us really badly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just fought a war for ta uh, taxation without representation. You're we, you're doing we the were same your, exact we thing. were your best. We were your best rifle shooters in the war, and you're going to do this to us. <laughs> <laughs> but, and, and, I mean, go, sorry, on. go ahead. Oh, I was going to go to, like, other history things. Did you have anything else about that one? Uh, well, like, just the whole attitude about tax collectors back then. Like, the whole reason why uh, General – was it General Gage uh, came in with his troops at the beginning of the war was because – was it in New Hampshire or – I think in New Hampshire. I'm not sure. Uh, there was a tax collector and the very notion that he was going to tax them, like 
a very small percentage of of their income or oh, I forgot what it might have been T. Anyway, they sent the, they dragged the tax collector out of bed, like tie up his wife and kids so they can't fight back, and they like tar and feather him, tie him to a horse, cut the horse's ears and tail off, okay, and send him, I've heard. send him to Boston. And that's when they sent the troops in. <laughs> so that kind of kicked off the war, just the very notion they're gonna get taxed and they beat the shit out of the poor tax collector and send him to Boston and like dead. <laughs> I didn't remember that story until you said the last part, and then I remembered kind of like the broad details of that. Yeah. I learned it a long time ago. I got to read about it again. It was kind of funny. I'm like, yeah, fuck the tax collector. (laughs) That's one of those like little sections of history where you learn some stuff and you kind of, if you don't keep up with it every once in five years or so, you kind of forget the broad strokes and the details or not the broad strokes, but the fine, fine print of all the details going on. I'm actually, I'm reading a book right now, um, about, uh, Jeb Stewart. Um, from the Confederate Army. Um, mm-hmm. That's actually, I didn't know all, of, you know, I'm, I'm still early into the book. Um, but yeah, Major General Jeb Stewart, written by uh, his uh, Major Henry McClellan. So it's kind of a biography and kind of just like a, a journal um, detailing uh-huh. just the battles, things he was watching him do. And it's like the, the, the guys back then were very, very impressive. Um, a lot of, I think a lot of the legacy of the Confederate soldiers, especially like the generals and stuff, is kind of getting erased because it's not very popular. And I think they, a lot of people want to paint them as like uneducated, dumb redneck hicks. But like these dudes, especially the, you know, people like Stuart, Jackson, uh, <laughs> Lee, like yeah. they studied at West Point. Like they were, you know, very brilliant people. Um, and like some of the tactics and things I was reading was pretty impressive. I was like, wow, it's, I think the average intelligence of educated people nowadays with just practical things like that is nowhere near how it used to be. I may be wrong, but like, I, I, I disagree because I think the, uh, higher ups with the journals and stuff like that, I think the amount of information, amount of schooling that they're going for, like in the West, West point, like rich families, there still is that, like, I think the geniuses and stuff are still there and probably higher than previously with some exceptions you know the einsteins and stuff are always going to be like outliers for every like 100 years or some shit but sure i guess so like they all have to go somewhere right so maybe like Mm -hmm. back then they were sending them to military school maybe yeah yeah but uh have you read up a lot on the uh mexican-american war not a ton that one is really fascinating to me I've because got a, I got a book about it. I still have to read it. I got a few books from the library. Um, that was one of them. That one's fascinating to me because that one's the build up to the Civil War. Because like all the journals that fight in the Civil War on both sides are in the uh, Mexican War. They're a little bit mm-hmm. lower of rank at the time, but it was really just a build up to like they the writing was on the wall. Some shit was going to happen like with conflicts and stuff, and they were really getting their military like ready for some type of conflict and the south was kind of like the north didn't realize that they were kind of training uh, the majority of the south's like generals and lieutenants and everything during the time period yeah okay so like the first part of the book um of, of jeb stewart he there's talking about how he was uh, doing his a lot of a lot of his campaigns and there was also conflicts with like the native americans as well so that was another uh, thing they were doing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
to kind of prepare themselves. And yeah, they were they were basically building their their own country during that time, um, getting their armies ready, learning the land. Um, like you think of like Texas and uh, Arizona and all those uh, states out west, you think of you think of them in terms of you know post war, uh, the Wild West and all that, and that's when it got developed. And it's pretty wild to think about the settlements and expansion that they had before the war, um, making forts out there, uh, doing all kinds of relationship with the Native Americans, with the Mexican people out there too. Mm-hmm. Uh, do so, you know what they did? More, I gotta read about it, but do you know what they did with the uh, the Mormons during that war? No. Okay, so the Mormons during that war, uh, the Mexican American War, would have been. I could have my dates off on this, but about 20 years post uh, the U.S. military sending their military to Utah to fight the Mormons. Really? Because they hated the Mormons. Yeah. So what they did in the Mexican-American War was once they made the Mormons surrender, kind of more incorporate them into the U.S. I think that might have been the time period or around that time period is when I think they had to change the Mormon religion to not have multiple wives as well. And then they uh, they basically sent them into the front lines, un like untrained into Mexico, and they just had a shit ton of casualties. Wow, I I I'm, I don't know anything about the Mormon history, so I I gotta look that up. Well, that's why uh, the guy that ran against Obama, uh, Romney, um, yeah, Romney, uh, his family is actually from Mexico because there's a large. A uh, portion of the like Mormons once so they went into so the war. So that's why there's so many Mormon missionaries in Mexico. Okay. Yeah, because they stayed in Mexico after the war. <laughs> they realized that there was like more religious freedom down there than moving back to Utah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, it's just wild. It's just wild to throw an entire uh, minority group these days into like the front lines, just be like, figure it out or fucking die. I don't care. Yeah, I mean we. We did that with the Japanese in World War II. He's like, hey, you want to keep living in this internment camp or do you want to be a nice patriotic person and prove your loyalty to the to the empire? <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. Like, uh, I don't know how you see him or like uh, what you think the public perception of FDR was, but I think he gets way too good of a rap than he should because like that motherfucker was throwing them into camps just for being Japanese and he got like four whole terms. Because he was abusing the war, <laughs> like <laughs> that's true. I think, I, I've I think really, he's got I've way went... more favor of, favorable of a legacy than he should. Yeah, and I, I've known you've had this opinion about him. I've went both ways, like back and forth. I feel like I'm more now at gray because growing up, I kind of viewed him as like, like an amazing president. Everything he did during World War II, not really thinking about the like choice of a lot of stuff they made or just his presidency in general well dude i got so many fucking opinions on this we go down the rabbit hole um <laughs> on fdr i know yeah a lot of people at the time especially because of like the tva uh the new deal things like that um you know it, people were desperate you had the depression going on but like Mm-hmm. The long-term ramifications from that, like me and you are never going to see any good social security money between inflation and everything else. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> and we're not. paying which, for it. Yeah. Which I mean, a lot of that isn't on him. A lot of that more is like, uh, it's a weird economic 
thing for a capitalist society to try to do like social or like those checks and everything and then uh the presence afterwards like trying to make it to where that isn't as big of a thing that and like welfare um one big thing he did that i hope he burns in hell because he did this was the uh, nfa I hate him for that. The National Firearms Act. After they repealed prohibition, okay. they had all these. They had a lot of government employees um, that mm-hmm. were out of a job. So they installed the uh, the National Firearms Act and had a whole bunch of you know new bureau jobs. They're like, hey, you guys can work again. But like, uh, if you if you study that, like, um, it required like it regulated machine guns, uh, short barreled rifles, and sawed off shotguns, things like that. Um, and really the only major crime that was remotely connected to weapons like that was like Al Capone and like gang mm-hmm. violence, um, like suppressors too. They regulated the suppressors and that was because during the depression, people were starving. And so guys were using on their rifles to hunt deer out of season because they needed to feed their family. And so that was kind of the excuse they had like, oh, we can't deal with these poachers, even though like the deer population population has been low in the United States. Um, but like yeah, which... the, the thing he did with that was he um, when they when they put the $200 tax stamp on NFA items, it was $200 back then. So oh, wow. yeah, uh, like it hasn't like nowadays 200 bucks really sucks. Like I don't want to have to pay for a tax stamp and mm-hmm. a registration if I want a, a suppressor or something. Imagine being like a poor Buying, middle like, class of... back then. A fourth of a house, basically. Yeah. A fifth of a house, something like that. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, for literally no reason, just because, like, so they could make money and keep jobs and things like that, and kind of like a PR move. Like, to me, that's that's fucked. Which, but I'm, I mean... I'm a, I'm a gun nut. Most people don't think about that. <laughs> the older that I've gotten, the more I've realized that a lot of the political decisions that they make isn't, like, isn't all on them. I feel like a lot of them is, like, from the previous like um uh previous presidents and stuff and a lot of like just social stuff where they're trying to like go of however the wind's swaying with how the public perception is on a lot of stuff like i view uh hoover is like a much worse president uh i think that's accurate like most most political decisions are not just made by the guy in charge and if you're gonna be a, a guy that doesn't play ball whatsoever you're gonna be jfk with your brains all over the back of the car you know, you'll be JFK or the uh, who was the first president that got impeached? That got impeached was Johnson. No, uh, what's the full name? Not the 60s Johnson, no, uh, Andrew Johnson. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So, Andrew Johnson, where it's like you're vetoing so much stuff that they eventually are like, fuck you, we're just gonna get you out of, out of here. Yeah, it's kind of. I, I was always like interested to know, like, once whoever gets elected president, they make all these campaign promises, and I think they want to live up to them, but they probably take them into the room and say, "Hey, uh, this is what happens. <laughs> like, this is how it's gonna go. You can do this and that, but uh, yeah, you only have so much say." Like, I, th- yeah. I think a lot of the a lot of the people that uh, that voted for Trump and that that were really on his side on things because of the things he was promising and saying, there's no way he could deliver half of that shit, and so I think. They were like, oh, you know, trust his plan, trust his plan. It's like, even if the man, like, you know, actually did want to get it done, there, there's no way he could. Yeah. Um, Which is my reasoning for, like, I always growing up was, like, just vote for the third party person so that there could eventually be a third party. 
but especially with the last president, our candidate, uh, Georgeson, how you pronounce oh, it? Yeah, yeah, like her, what she was going for and everything was like, if if one of those things would have gotten passed, it would have been like crazy to get all the things that she was campaigning on. And, and right. at that point, when you have a third party candidate where it's just a whole bunch of stuff that like the populace wants, but it's a whole really hard agenda to get anything of that pass. It's like, I don't want to vote for you because I don't know what you stand for on any of these subjects because you're not going to get any of them passed. What would you actually do then? Correct. Yeah. Um, there's a few things with that. Uh, I think for one, like I, I'm, you know, this, like I lean more libertarian as far as my like political views. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't think that was the best candidate they could have, the libertarian party could have put forth in that election. However, I think the conditions were for what, for her ideals, I think the conditions were pretty good because one of the big things she was platforming on was, uh, ending qualified immunity for police, ending police unions, um, you know, certain things like that, which if you know anything about like most libertarians, they are not pro-police because they're anti-state. They don't want the police state to exist at all. They want to legalize drugs, every gun whatsoever. Basically, everything that they stand for is being, you know, pushed back against by the enforcers of the state, which would be the cops. Mm -hmm. So during 2020, a lot of the BLM uh, protests and things like that, obviously the tensions were high regarding uh police mostly negative and yeah. so that was a that was a prime opportunity for somebody like her to capitalize on that and the most steam she could get was a small percentage of the vote and not even get on the uh debate uh podium yeah um yeah. so i'm like okay if was that your best shot i don't think so but like that's what y'all put forward with the conditions that were there and that's all you could do like you had people that were sick and tired of being locked in their homes and stuff and were uh, hoping that somebody would hear their side of it. And if you're a libertarian person, you completely oppose the lockdowns whatsoever. And you think that the government has no business telling people when, where, where they can work and what medicine to take. And like those conditions were there and you still couldn't have anything behind you. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, I, <laughs> like, I think their goal is, I think their goal is because they realized they could never win an election. I think it's to have the most journalists like, um, have every topic be something that the public the majority agrees on that the other candidates aren't running on to get enough votes to then possibly get like a third candidate or right. a third right. like political party if nothing else kind of disrupt it and get your get your name out there um yeah and i don't, I don't know if you remember gary johnson from the 2016 election but he was like mm -hmm. just i don't i don't remember useless. his political views on anything but i remember him so he, he was a libertarian candidate, basically like, uh, you know, legalize all the drugs, uh, you know, similar, similar stuff to Jorgensen. And mm -hmm. I, I agree with most of his stuff that he was putting forth, but he was just a retard. <laughs> like the dude couldn't be taken seriously. Like he, he was just, he was a meme. Like, and he was, he was more centrist than libertarian in my opinion. Uh, have so, you ever seen the uh, political debates of the guy that wears the boot on his head? Oh yeah, Vermin Supreme. Yeah, he he was he was that. Yeah, <laughs> that dude is hilarious. I've seen like Bro. the majority of his political. Yeah, I've um, I've interacted with him a little bit. He's 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 goofy. <laughs> you've interacted um, him like you've like tweeted him or what? Yeah, I've like tweeted back and forth with him a couple of times. Yeah, I mean, That's fucking cool. 
Yeah. <laughs> I used to kind of like him just because he's funny, and he, I was like, oh, he's wholesome. I now I think he's just retarded, but <laughs> like, hey, it's funny. Um, at the same time, if you say I'm a libertarian, they're gonna go straight to you wear the boot on your head and you want to sell heroin mm. to children, kind of mm-hmm. thing, you know. So, <laughs> oh, I bet like, at some point he bought into his own hype and he started getting a little too serious for what his like political plan was to be a laughing stock. Here's the thing. This is like a little inside baseball just because I've been in those circles for a little bit. So many libertarian, like serious libertarians are like that to an extent, or they're just horrible, horribly socially. They're, mm-hmm. they're horrible socially. There we go. Or they're like borderline autistic or just one thing or another to where you cannot take them seriously. Like they'll have great theory on economics and on big government and things like that to where I can make an argument all day long and say, this makes sense. We should abolish the state, abolish the Federal Reserve, and get rid of the military-industrial mm-hmm. complex. But they're out there dressed like you know a homeschooler from 1980 and wearing a yeah. boot on their head or something. You know? or, or they, they seem or they, like some type of doomsday prepper where it's like they just don't trust any person whatsoever anyway. Sure, yeah. Or, or they're... A completely libertine person they're like oh yeah i'm polyamorous and i think children can do heroin or something True. to where th- just the the normal average person is going to be turned off by it just from the first impression very true i feel like i don't see as many of those people anymore of the uh the like really hippie type of libertarians i feel like that was more of like peaked in 2016 uh, yeah, it did, up. and uh, like the the uh, level-headed libertarians are doing a good job of shaming those people into the corner uh, <laughs> quietly. But there's there's still many many of them. Trust me, I know some of them. Sadly, <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking funny. Oh, <laughs> uh, so what what is your like favorite time period of uh, history? Oh, of history, shoot, I've got a couple. You, um, you seem like an American history type of person. Yeah, I do like American history. Uh, I also don't know nearly enough about history, like as much as I want to. I don't have as much time to research it as I as I want to. But um, I I love the American Revolution. Just the idea that we created something new that nobody had ever really tried before. Um, you know, we had some help, but we beat the biggest empire in the world. Yeah. Um, like they sh- England should have wiped the floor with us easily, and they could have if they actually would have took it as serious as they should. But like just that whole thing is really cool. Like so many things fell into place perfectly, and we had one of the highest concentration of um, impressive figures imaginable. Mm-hmm. Like the founding fathers, like they're not perfect, but like they're in, in amazingly intelligent. Um, a lot of the generals that we had were good tacticians. Washington had the biggest balls ever. Like, <laughs> like I got issue with some of the stuff, but like, you can't say it wasn't impressive, you know. That's true. So, I, have you ever heard the conspiracy theory of the uh, uh, the Dutch East India Company? Basically, was the foundation of the U.S. The East India Company. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So, so exactly where they am? I'm, I'm probably have heard of. It. Uh, I I am not caught up a hundred percent on the little theory of it, but essentially they went away around the same time period as the uh, U.S. was like founding, and a lot of the uh, 
like not stockholders, but the people invested into the company and a lot of the merchants were had like a large ownership around like Boston, all the East Coast colony area. So pretty much it just makes sense that they would have tried to uh, create their own country because they had so yeah. much of a trading thing going on that it made more sense for them to start their own colony country area for trading and own economic like dominance for themselves and we're like trying to start the u.s as well it actually makes a lot of sense i mean i gotta look into that i haven't heard it from that angle but i mean not from like uh <laughs> illuminati they were controlling everything behind the scenes but more of like uh they were the economic investors that were really the people sure trying to push you, for them to start you, the revolutionary just, war i guess you're just following the money there um yeah that makes a lot of sense Mm-hmm. I can see that. Yeah, I'll agree to it. I have no proof, but I'll say it's true. <laughs> I don't know if I fully um, believe it. I haven't seen stuff on it in a long time, but it, typically any type of revolution or anything is generally just followed the money, and that is the causation for everything. Yeah, I think uh, if you really want to get into the conspiracy weeds around the revolution, you should dive into the Freemasons and shit like that, because that, that would be more mm-hmm. of the uh, conspiracy honeypot. Um, I've never really bought into them that well. I never bought into like the, uh, like the Masons and all the conspiracy theories going on with them and being part of like the Knights Templar and all that uh, type dude. of shit. I used I, I used to try to get into that. I, I I know a guy uh who was a Mason. I tried to ask him about it. He's like, I can only tell you so much. Especially I was like a kid at the time too. So he's like, I I'll tell you this and that, but I can't you know tell secrets. And I was like, okay, cool. He's like, and he was a low level anyway, so. I've thought about mm-hmm. that, like getting into it just so I can have access to, you know, like information and records that nobody else could. But then I'm like, do I really want to do that? Nah. <laughs> what well, I've learn, known, I'll learn what I can from the outside. <laughs> I've known multiple masons, and it seems just more like a uh, communal area where a whole bunch of old people and stuff have a reason to go socialize with friends. Yeah, kind of like the moves. Yeah, yeah. yeah or the dudes who wear the fez hats with the small cars. I forget what they're called, but you know, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I'm not sure on that one. That one sounds like I'm funny, though. It's like, it's like an aspect of masonry, and um, they they wore these, which I th- I think they actually got rid of their regalia because of, like, they got woke and said it was it was appropriation, but they would wear those tall red fez hats like you see in the Middle East that had, like, a, like a, a sword on it, like a cutlass or whatever, mm-hmm. and... They actually they had like full on costumes and they would have huh. like little rallies and stuff and they would ride around in tiny little go karts. It's kind of funny. Yeah, which I mean, if you want to go um, into the serious ones, it's possible that the Masons used to be like the uh, Skull and Bones back in the day. So it's possible yeah. that they had way way more power. That was a faction of it. I mean, now oh now we're talking like Bohemian Grove. Oh yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I love the. Uh, the Nixon quote on that one. Have you heard that one before on the Bohemian Grove? Can I can I say it? <laughs> yeah, you can say it if you want. It's like yeah, the Bohemian Grove, which I have frequented from time to time, is the most faggy goddamn thing imaginable. <laughs> that man should have never been around a cell phone. Like he should have never been around Bro, any type of recording stuff. Going I, I'll on. be honest. Unpopular opinion. I love Richard Nixon because the guy did not give a fuck. 
he actually for a while wasn't a terrible president. A lot of people loved Richard Nixon. It just so happened he uh, made the wrong enemies and they exposed his Watergate scandal there. <laughs> yeah, true. I mean, I think the later part of his administration was just a complete shit show, but I don't know. He he wasn't bad. The problem is he was so ingrained in the system being like yeah. a like politician for so long he he was he was so balls out i don't give a fuck that he i think it was his own downfall <laughs> but like uh, i've i've looked into bohemian grove a little bit and it's mm-hmm. it's it's chilling dude like some of that stuff um like detailed accounts of like survivors of of that place like boys who got held captive and molested and stuff it's like there's, I mean, they were given a whole lot of vivid details to where it's like, man, if they're making this up, then that's a great, that's a great story there. Like, whoa. <laughs> I haven't went into the weeds as much to know a lot of the details on the people coming out of that area. It just, it feels like something the media kind of throws as uh, a scapegoat to any of the wild shit that like the billionaires and stuff do. Yeah, because they act like, oh, this is where they all convene to make the deals. It's like they can't do that somewhere else. Like they they're doing that all the time. That's not the only place they do it. I think if anything, because of their motto, it's like uh like weaving spiders don't come here or something, basically meaning mm-hmm. what happens here stays here. Don't bring business into it. Let's just have a good time. I think yeah. that's more likely of this is our 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 yearly restart we get our our stress out and uh our little therapy and uh back to you know being evil again next week <laughs> i think that's kind of the way it is maybe they discuss this and that like hey, hey we should meet up to do this or meet up to do that yeah. but i think mostly it's like a they're blowing off steam <laughs> I, I think the wild shit is happening somewhere in like a mansion in the aspen or some shit like that yeah however what I, I I'll subscribe to this theory, and it's the similar thing with like Epstein Island. How I think it is one big thing that goes there is the blackmail. How like if you mm-hmm. want to be an aspiring big shot, then you have to somehow find yourself in a compromising situation, um, to where we all have dirt on each other, so we can all play ball. You know, mm-hmm. I I do think that's very possible. Whether it involves something sexual or whatever else, probably mostly that if it's at Bohemian Grove. Same thing with like Epstein. Yeah. Like that's how he made his money. He was a blackmailer. It's, there's no secret to that. Everybody knows it. Um, yeah. They had cameras all over the place. And like my thing is though, like why, why underage little girls? Like I know a lot of them were underage, but they were at least 15, 16. So they weren't what? like. Okay. So the girl that was with the. Uh... The King of England, Prince of England, wherever the fuck he was at the time. There's no oh. way you could have told. The, I, I believe so. There's no way you could have known from the pictures that I've seen. There's no way you knew how, what her age was based upon that. She looked like she was like 20 years old or something. Yeah, so there, there's two sides of this. So one, and I'm going to be careful the way I say it. If, if it's a chick who's in, you know, well into puberty and you don't know her age, especially back in the 90s or whatever bitches back then were asian quicker than nowadays i think like uh, i may be totally full of shit but it's like you ever see like somebody shows hey this is a picture of my mom she's a senior in high school and she looks 30 you know Mm -hmm. it's like maybe it was that phenomenon but at the same time they also had the uh the instances of uh like very young children like prepubescent which 
um, it's like, did they just know that some of these like world leaders were just like that completely that perverted? Yeah. yeah, like is it cause maybe because they had so much wealth and power, they got tired of the like regular stuff. They just completely gave into perversions or something. I have no idea. But one thing that is true is that it makes for excellent blackmail material if you're trying to fucking ruin a guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. I mean, if if the FBI had like a, a list of people's like sexual encounters from MLK and back then, you know they have that on like every type of billionaire. They know every person oh, yeah. they've ever slept with. Oh yeah. So um, another it, friend of mine has has a show, a different show. And he interviewed a, a survivor from Epstein's Island too, and she was talking about she's like 16, mm-hmm. and this is like this is 20 years ago, and she's talking about the technology that man had in his house, like all kinds of surveillance that you wouldn't have ever imagined. She's like, I'm in a room where there's like nothing in the room, like nothing, and uh, Glenn Maxwell. Uh, she, you know, who's in charge of her. She's telling me, yeah. oh, yes, darling, there's 50 cameras on you right now. They're all pinhole cameras. And she's like, what? <laughs> like, and she would talk about Epstein and she, like how <laughs> like the dude, she's like, yeah, the dude just for the most part was a normal, cheerful guy. I would ask him his like personal details and business and shit. And he would literally tell me anything I wanted to know. Like, obviously, Epstein was an evil dude who was, you know, a pedophile and had all these problems like that's never up for debate but from what she was saying and some of the other survivors were saying like glenn maxwell was 10 times more evil than him like she was the real mastermind (laughs) behind all that i could see that especially like he didn't seem the most confident people i could see her being the person actually doing a lot of the day-to-day like organization stuff with him sure yeah i mean he probably had more incentive to be to go along with it because he was as compromised as anybody not saying he's well, a good he compromise. probably had more incentive to be the uh the charismatic person of the two he was the guy that yeah. had to be like the uh the person that starts the party and shit like that and just brings in the people make sure that yeah. the personality is something that the billionaires like click to and want to associate with yeah he was bros of all those guys you know and like mm-hmm. oh and she was talking about trump too because a lot of like uh, the one of the big discourses was if you talk about Epstein whatsoever, the people that hate Trump are going to put pictures of him and Glenn and him and Jeffrey at a party and go, oh, look. And then the people that love Trump are going to say, oh, no, he kicked him out of uh, his course and he kicked him out of this and that because he found out about what he was actually doing. And then there was the mm-hmm. girl that was the survivor. And according to her testimony, Trump was like a big favorite of the place. He, w- he was there all the time and she had met him plenty of times and was like, yeah, the dude's creepy. <laughs> so i was like oh okay so it, it, it's true <laughs> so i mean that's according to her yeah, he, I mean, he always asks he always asks for a girl that looks just like uh ivanka it's weird <laughs> yeah apparently that. that apparently there was something to that <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, which doesn't surprise me in the I, least that man was knee deep in all that kind of stuff I actually kind of semi blew a friend's mind when he was like kind of buying into a lot of the conspiracies with uh, Epstein stuff and thought it was like the deep state run a uh, spy operation and getting all the billion billionaires in there for like, um, um, like just blackmail reasonings. And he was like talking about all the stuff going on and the um, survivors that came out of that and the girls talking about their experiences. 
And I was like, if you believe that was a deep state of the government, like giving the island and doing all this and t collecting the information, you don't think it's also possible that they could have bought off these like 20 girls to all have the same fucking story? It's true. It was like, yeah. So it's possible. I don't know. It, those are those are weird ones when you get into like the actual conspiracy conspiracy stuff on it. It's wild, and like yeah, Bill Clinton was like the biggest culprit of them all, and he's just chilling, living his best <laughs> life. <laughs> like, bro, that man, him and his wife have like the biggest body count, and everyone knows it, but like nobody can do shit about it. <laughs> in in his defense, he seems like the guy that if anyone offered him a private jet like a flight on a private jet, he seems like the guy that would take the offer, regardless of whoever the fuck it was. Dude, Bill Clinton is probably, like, the coolest president. He's probably, like, super cool to hang out with. Like, that's what everyone says. So that none of that surprises me whatsoever. He's probably like, oh, yeah, I got a free ride on the free massages from this girl. Hey, I don't care if she's 15. That's okay. <laughs> like, he's probably <laughs> down for anything. The dude partied with everyone. Like Trump and him were buddies. They'd go golfing all the time. Like he didn't mm -hmm. care. Yeah. 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 Jeez, he man. is one of the, the weirdest presidencies of any president, I feel like. Especially <laughs> the stuff going on during his time. Yeah, man. Oh man. Um fuck, what else? Oh, uh I have after seeing the island, seeing the houses, seeing the mansions, stepping foot on there, I'm disappointed if that's the best that like the deep state has to offer. If that is like a spy ring and the deep state just blackmailing people, they could have they could have easily done better. You think it was a uh, a plausible decoy? Like, hey, we're we're doing something with this, but if we lose it, it's no big deal. We got bigger fish to fry. Do you think it's a case of that? Because yeah, that mansion uh, looks kind of shitty. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I I don't know if that's a, that is a possibility, but I don't know if that's really what's going on. I think a lot of this is just more of a like with social media and technology and everything, it's just harder to uh, like hide stuff, especially sure, in a populated yeah. area. Like I he was less than a I mile offshore. Yeah, I, I think yeah. it served its purpose. Like it, it ran its course, and they were like, "All right, you can you can get arrested now." <laughs> But I mean, like everybody I knew that down on the island, all the people knew, I, everybody knew that that was going on because it was less than a mile off the island and they had to like boat to the island to get any type of resources and any food that wasn't cooked by like a uh, private chef and stuff like that. And I mean, where do you think like the workers are going to? They're just boating back to their house like at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean. It's one of those things. I think they're just hiding in plain sight, flaunting it. Like, yeah, what are you going to do about it? How can you prove any of this? <laughs> I think people just kind of understood it. Like, yeah, these people are super rich. I'm not even going to try. Yeah. Well, the thing that sucks is uh, if anything ever happened to the U.S., I feel like the Virgin Islands now, which is where he was located, I feel like they would just branch off immediately from the U.S. Because I, I think the majority of the local population is kind of anti-white people at this point, anti-more viewing us as, like, imperialists. Especially mm -hmm. with all that shit going on. Yeah, they're probably tired of it. I understand that. That makes sense. Yeah. They did not like, uh... Oh, wait, they loved because their entire economy was based around tours, but they were not huge fans of, like, 
having it catered to fucking drunk Americans all day long. I got called an American multiple times down there, which was kind of cool. Oh yeah, I am. So what? <laughs> I know, I know. It just made me. It made me feel like a a foreign important person when they were like uh, calling on the taxi and they were like, "I got an American here. Uh, can you drive him to blah blah blah?" And it's like they would show up so much faster than uh other ones. Like they would clearly fucking uh uh not segregate, but uh they would like if it was between me or like. A fucking there was a Cuban one time that was down there, and they took way longer to pick him up for a taxi ride than me. That like American you could tell one time. Yeah, true, true, true. Do you have any dreams of uh, traveling anywhere? We kind of talked about like travel locations last episode. Yeah, man. I've actually I've never been out of the country. Um, the best I've ever done was going to like islands off the coast. Uh, like a couple mm-hmm. miles off, but that's it. Um, so my wife and I both want to go to the, we have a top two. Both of them is Italy and Ireland. We both want to go there. Um, she loves to eat. She loves pasta. She's a very good cook. So she wants to eat her weight in pasta over in Italy. I've always wanted to go back to the old country and see it too. Just see how it is, you know, visit at least once. Um, and I want to see Ireland as well because I also have like ancestors from Ireland. I just think that would be really cool. I I have to go to Dublin and go to Connor's uh, restaurant. <laughs> I, go I to just Black listened Fortune. to a podcast about it. Yeah, I just listened to a podcast about it. It sounds pretty sick. Sounds like he shows up like pretty frequently too, which is surprising. Does yeah, I was listening to like Bert Kreischer talk about it, how he met Connor there, and they're like he's partying with him and stuff. So I'm like, even if I don't see him there, like if I don't catch him when he's there, like it would still be cool to go just, you know, hey, I went there. But I also want to see the countryside. I want to see just how regular life is because um, like that's where half of my family's from. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's beautiful. I got to go there at least once. Um, you know, same with Italy, same reasons. Uh, so those are the top two. Other than that, I'm, I don't have any like, I mean, I'd love to go to a lot of places, but that's it. I think um, in the Western Hemisphere, I really do want to go to like, ecuador or costa rica something like that like somewhere tropical that still has you know they they still have a lot of where it's not like colombia yeah like like it's they they have plenty of places that are you know nice and safe for tourists to go but still you can see some amazing untouched natural beauty um Mm -hmm. like i i have to make it to to at least one beautiful tropical place you know in my life panama is kind of another one that i want to see um one another one that i really want to see it kind of ties in with it is like i love pirates like i used to study like pirate history and stuff so Uh somewhere somewhere where there was like a big pirate influence like the bahamas like panama um i actually got to see uh bluebeard's castle which was pretty cool bluebeard's castle yeah, Bluebeard was a uh, famous pirate. He wasn't as famous as like Blackbeard, but I've, I've never there. heard of. Wait, what was his name? Bluebeard. No, <laughs> what was his like actual name? <laughs> I don't fucking know. I don't know his name. I didn't do research when I was down there. I never, I, I never buying, learned. Like, I never learned much of Bluebeard. I had never heard of him before, but I, I was pretty fucking disappointed when I realized Bluebeard wasn't just Blackbeard. 
right, different color. Did he just dye his beard blue? I'm assuming, like, uh, that's what the pictures are looking like. like. I mean, I indigo. I, um, I don't know a whole bunch of history on him, but apparently he's some type of semi-famous uh, pirate. Okay. So, like, I'm from originally North Carolina, so they have Blackbeard up there. Like, a, a lot of the Outer Banks and the East Coast are, like, descendants from him because he had, like, 14 wives. Um, so he's a big deal up there. Um, but, like, the, the guy he used to work for, Benjamin Hornigold, he used to be under his command. And they had a huge, like, pirate colony in Nassau. So that's mm-hmm. that would be something cool I'd like to go visit. I don't know what remains of that or if they have any history or museums there, but like the fact that they kind of had their own like their own government and their own society that was free from the empire there for a long time and they were able to do their own thing. I think that was pretty cool cuz that's something I would love to see nowadays just for us to like not have such a huge centralized government and be able to have our own communities and things, more autonomy. Like I think yeah. that's kind of cool. That that would be something to visit, like something that has to do with the pirates. Maybe like uh, where Captain Morgan set up uh, in Panama. That's another place. Yeah, that would be cool too. I mean, I guarantee that they do on any of those islands still have remains. Because even with the Bluebeard thing, they had a pirate museum, which I didn't get to go to. It was closed at the time. And uh, they had uh, monuments built over on the actual top of the island of mm-hmm. where they had lookouts at of like harbor areas and stuff they would have lookouts and stuff up there to in case any type of um government ships came like british or spanish came okay yeah it would be cool to see whatever remains from that that's why i like living in pensacola because there's still so many like so much old history left over because it's it's Mm -hmm. the first settlement they preserve a lot of that but well isn't saying i could be wrong isn't saying i seen the first settlement or is there some weird Uh St. Augustine is the oldest. Pensacola was the first because it, it got abandoned and then came back to it. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. So, but as, anyway. I mean, as somebody that went down there, I would recommend going down to some Caribbean place in your lifetime because it, oh, yeah. it is amazing. Yeah, if nothing else, just the natural beauty of it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. All right. You're about good to wrap up on this thing? Yeah, my wife actually just about? pulled up, so that's why my dogs are going crazy. But <laughs> That's about it. I still got to eat dinner and go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, dude. I really appreciate you coming on and filling in on short notice. Absolutely, man. I had a good time. Let's do it again. Let's let's hang out in person sometime. Sounds good, dude. Let me know once you're done with the sober thing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Peace, people. See you on the next episode. Shout out, Jay. Shout out, Jay, as always. And shout out, Judy. Thanks for the Patreon subscription. Peace. Peace, people.
每一层好便宜，同桌每一层好，差不多一样，冰淇淋再见。